another episode of Xenochat. I'm one of the co-hosts, Tyler, along with my co-host, Justin. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to another episode. All right, we have a special episode today, but first, we have t- uh, returning guests, uh, Mary. Hi. And Tara. Good to be back, guys. Hey. And we have a special episode today because we are uh, having a chat with uh, Ruby and Joe, otherwise known as Purple Shala and Anime Vivi. Hey, guys. Hey. Hello. Hey. <laughs> thanks for coming on. Like, yeah. this is going to be a pretty good one. Yep. Yeah, I've been... No, thanks for having yeah, us. I've been really... Yeah. Excited. Really <laughs> excited. Pleasure. We've been really excited about oh. this episode for a while. Yes. Um, oh. So, okay. Before we get into that, though, uh, we'll just kind of gloss over some uh, of our latest Molosoft news. Um, so, the only thing... Well, unless you guys have any other news, um, there was an article by uh, Siliconera about the Xenoblade uh, Molos- well, blah. Molosoft has grown to 243 employees which, go Molosoft nice, wow, wow. yeah um, yeah the article kind of goes on over their success over the years so it's kind of cool to see how much they've grown yeah it is, but also I think I saw uh, recently that uh, I don't know if it was Nintendo or Europe or mm-hmm. something, that they had something starting to set up for uh, Xenoblade HD on the website. I, I'm not sure yeah. if they're going to say any news soon, but I have a feeling it might happen soon. Yes. Um, so as of this recording, uh, the new Animal Crossing game had just come out. <laughs> and <laughs> if you go on to Nintendo's website... And you click on coming soon. There's actually pictures of Shulk now. Yeah, which is pretty cool. exciting. So oh, that happened, and I believe they updated the uh, entry for Xenoblade Definitive Edition on the eShop. So people are starting to wonder if like that's going to be the next new Nintendo release, at least like the next big one. Mm-hmm. So we still don't know when we're going to get another Nintendo Direct, but um, yeah, it looks like they are starting to shift over to that. I'm not saying that that's going to confirm anything, mm-hmm. but it's just getting people thinking as to um, when Nintendo's going to make another announcement and when we're going to get a release date. And I think some retailers started to list some dates for it, but like you can never really go by that. That's not really yeah. official confirmation or anything like that. So, Plus, if you're a collector like me, like you want to wait for them to announce the collector edition to go yeah. jump full in. Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm so hoping that they put a soundtrack in there. That would be nice. Oh great. my gosh, that's all we want. Yeah. That's all we've wanted <laughs> for years. Please, a stateside. I'm release. always up for more hard books because hard books are life. Oh, yes. They always oh, yes. include art books. And every single Xenoblade game has received an art book if you bought yes. it at launch here. Yes. Which is which is really neat. I wonder if they'll do um, another print of like Monado Archives because I think like the only. Uh, language that was ever localized in was French because they yeah. had like this weird uh-huh. limited Club Nintendo reward over Interesting. there where like I think it was if you were among the first hundred or so to to like redeem Xenoblade they would send you a translated version of that art book yeah oh. it's, it's, it's a weird <laughs> but I also hope they're gonna re-release the Xenoblade X art book because it's like impossible to find now on like good pricing, I'm just like, oh no. <laughs> oh no, oh <laughs> no. 
But yeah, maybe eventually they'll do a reprint like they did for Monado Archive. Because yeah. it happened more than once, so there's still hope. Exactly, and I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, right now they're doing reprints for the Pyra and Mithra figures. Those are still up for pre-order, and I think the Cosmos is still up for pre-order as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm not backing up that order, regardless of the world going on crisis. Same, same. <laughs> I want my wife. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah. Yeah, Oh my goodness! I know the detail on that. Like, yeah, she looks really beautiful. Oh yeah. yeah. She and Pyra. Yeah. Yeah, the Metro and the Pyra figure. Pyra and Metro. I was like, I love them, but maybe not enough to pay that. But Cosmos, okay, you you can have my whole wallet. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that that's what happened with me too. Like, I remember when Pyra and Mithra were first announced, thinking, "Man, that looks pretty cool," but I won't get it at launch, and I didn't. And then they sold out. And then I think Mithra was going for like 600 plus online. And Pyra was also going for like 400 I think I would be weak for... I would be weak for Numa as well. Numa would be... Oh, Numa! Okay, whatever. Numa. Numa Oh, she's... Her design is just phenomenal. Yes. It's really, really good. Numa, I would also love a Poppy Cutie Pie, but that's probably not going to happen. He's so cute. Yeah, Poppy is so cute. (laughs) The lolly robot. Yes. But yeah, the the new ones are up for pre-order. I pre-ordered both of them because I am weak and didn't want to miss out again. (laughs) So when they come out, that's going to be a very expensive month for me. Godspeed. (laughs) Yeah, same for me, even more because I'm Canadian and my money, like, is worth shit. Even more. So I'm just like, yeah, that's gonna hurt. (laughs) But it's okay. It's okay. But yeah. Uh, so I don't think there's any other news aside from that. The only other thing I, I can so. the only th- other thing I can think of it, it's not really news, but with Animal Crossing being out, I've seen some people make some Zeno related clothes and stuff, and I'm like, you- yes! oh my gosh, I know! Like a friend of mine made a Monado shirt. Oh, I was like, oh, that's so cute, that's so adorable. <laughs> yeah, I want to learn how to make them because there are a couple that I absolutely want to make for myself. Yeah, it seems like the. Like, I haven't played myself because I wasn't sure what I wanted to wait for now, but, like, it seems like they can make the costume through sort of pixel art thing. I'm not quite sure. Like, I saw, like, an image and it looked like it was, like, you could pretty much put pixel art and make your own shirt from yeah, that. But yeah. I'm not quite yeah. sure how it works. Yeah. yeah, that's how it works. But I yeah. just have to figure out exactly how... I keep staring at yeah. it like oh, I'll figure it out one night when I'm free. Yeah, it's, it looks <laughs> it looks very complicated. Like my nine year old, my ten year old is playing it, and I'm and she's just I'm looking at it, I'm like oh my gosh I can't this looks really complicated like how to design your own shirts and stuff. I'm like this I would lose my patience with this. <laughs> 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 I probably would. Too. I'd be like, can I apply my Minecraft skills to that? <laughs> yeah, yes. Oh my goodness, totally. <laughs> All right. Well, that was a. Nice diversion, but I guess we can get into the meat of the episode. Um, so yeah, we're talking with um, uh, Ruby and Joe today, and as we do with most uh, or all of our new guests, um, let's if you if you guys want to kind of go into your how you got into the Zeno series. Um, Zeno series. Story Zeno time. series. <laughs> okay, you want to go first, Joe? <laughs> 
Okay, I'll try to give the short answer because I could probably talk about this for half an hour. But, but... <laughs> to be we fair, when I came in the first time, I think I spoke for 40 minutes. Oh, okay. <laughs> nice. We commenting like, like, oh my god, they, they, they might want to cut us off at some point. Nah, we can make it a multi-parter episode if it comes to it. Exactly, just talk. Yeah, just now like the love episodes. <laughs> Well, it's not it's not really like a whole story, but basically, I got into the Xena series um, when I was in middle school. So, like, I had just finished Final Fantasy X and Kingdom Hearts, and those were my first kind of JRPGs. And I was looking for other JRPGs, so I picked up Xena Saga Episode One. So I ex- I started with Xena Saga and um, played through all those. Went back to Xena Gears, and then. Um, went on to all the Xenoblade games. So I got really, really into the uh, Saga community. So like I built my own fan site and like, <laughs> like made like animated, animated music videos. And it was a little intense. <laughs> uh, we did like live journal art, uh, RPG, uh, art, let's live journal RPs. Um, so. Oh, yeah. you too? Yeah, I did. Uh, I yeah, was... I was on live journal RP for Xenosaga. Uh, Ooh, which one, which one, which ones were you in? I was in. Oh my god, what was I in? I was in Camp Fuck You Die and Transmigration Nine with Junior. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah, I, I've definitely seen <laughs> seen those R, uh, RP live journal RPs. I wasn't part of those. Um, I was part of the We All Float one that was on Live Journal, and then like some other random ones. Like I did Damned for a little bit. Oh, oh my god, that's a game I haven't heard about in a while. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know what happened after <laughs> to that at this point, but it was pretty fun. But it was also like a huge time sink, and it really uh, is. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah, I met met a lot of um, really cool people, um, and worked on writing. Like, got to develop my writing skills, so that was the plus for these kind of RPs, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. We just used to write essays and stuff about our characters all day, every day. <laughs> Yeah, that yeah. is so cool. <laughs> That's so great <laughs> because yeah. it's like I when like around the time I got into the Xeno series, this was like before the internet was a thing, <laughs> and like we didn't have we didn't get the chance to engage with other fans all over the world. Like <laughs> you know, so when you're hearing you talk about how you did like RP groups and you were able to make sites and just connect with each other, is just like wow. That's that would have been amazing <laughs> back in the day. I would say like I knew like maybe two other people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would say I know I just dated myself, but I was like literally, yeah. literally back when, but literally back, you know, it was, it was like word of mouth. Oh, have you played Xeno Gears? Oh my gosh, it's so good! And it's like two or three people, or like the guy at like Electronics Boutique that was like, "Hey, have you heard of this game?" It was like you know, it was that was literally our community. We know. Wait, so like, you're telling me people. that people actually spoke about video games without the internet? <gasps> that actually happened. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I'd say I'm more connected now than I was back in the day because I wasn't connected too much to the communities. I would follow some of them to a certain point, but I was more like a bit shut in playing video games. Mm. <laughs> but yeah. But yeah. Go ahead, continue, Joe. Uh, oh, oh yeah, go go, Joe. Well, well that was kind of kind of the gist of it in that uh I spent a lot of time doing all that stuff and then around 2013 is when I started like recording music and um started like putting like 
Xenon music in front of people I knew and people I didn't know, and I was like, go play this. (laughs) That sounds familiar. Yeah, so, yeah, most of the time people didn't know what they were playing. I was just like, I really like this song. Like, can you play piano? Can you please help me with that? Nice. That's awesome. I mean, that's kind of pretty much the way we can spread the fandom is true other fashion like for me like like now i'm just getting more into some cosplay of Godzilla when i'm just like trying mm-hmm. to kind of spread the word at the same time so i can get that feeling too like oh yeah you want want people mm-hmm. to play this mm-hmm. music because it's never played yeah <laughs> uh, yeah no it's absolutely i mean there's it's xeno the xeno series always felt it's always felt so under the radar until xenoblade 2 but mm-hmm. but like before then it's like not many people knew or yeah, like they kind of knew but then they'd heard of it but they never got around to yeah. playing it and so yeah. In my experience, there's a lot of people who played it but fell off. They like a lot of people I right. knew played the first saga and even had it, but just they kind of just fell off afterwards. Mm. Yeah, that's too bad because yeah. I love I loved episode three so much. Oh my god, same. Oh, god. <laughs> I love the whole series. It, I know it was like my whole childhood, basically. Same. Uh. <laughs> Was it three or was it episode two that I I can't remember? Like someone commented on some post I made that was like he was he was like it was either two or three or that it, it, the way he was talking about it was like it had done him a great personal wrong. Like he was like <laughs> I hate hate this game so much. You will understand when you when you when you play it. And I I can't remember if it was two or three. Like because I haven't my guess would like be I haven't two. actually that sounds like oh, two. Okay, sounds that, that like sounds familiar. Two. It sounds like two. I'd say that's okay. most likely yeah, two. Yeah, going into two without utilizing the battle system ends in raging at okay. the game, which I did my very first <laughs> oh, really? playthrough. Yes. Yeah, we're episode two apologists around here, so I do love episode two. Now, now I can play it easily now that I know how it works. But that first time when I was young, oh god, I hated it. Yeah. I was like, I yeah. hate this boss. I can't win anything. Oh, that's... I think my uh, that's so interesting. My obsession with the URTVs was stronger than whatever difficulty that game was. Oh yeah, you power through because you're like, I need to know what happens next. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I've. I mean, I've only played like, well, okay, like I played, Z- I tried Xenosaga like one back in the day when it was first released, mm-hmm. and I hated it. And then, and then I st- and I didn't, and I di- I didn't get past like maybe like the maybe the first, I don't know, like I, like on the ship the and like day. maybe the first like ten fifteen minutes, I was like, oh, I hate this. But then, and then I picked it up again like recently after talking with Joe, who like his love for Xenosaga is just <laughs> eternal and pure. <laughs> so I was like, okay, okay, I- I'll give this another chance. He like lent me his copies of two and three. I- I procured one like somewhere, and then and I bought like a, a used PS2 Slim just to, so I could like play Xenosaga. Aww. And I was like, I, I need to give this a good shake. I need to really give this a fair shake. And so, and I I really l- enjoyed Xenosaga one. I'm I'm at the song of Nephilim and getting my ass kicked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's I really hard. enjoy. I I do. I I'm like it's actually a very char like the dialogue's charming. The characters are really yeah. very cute. And I was like, this is actually really good. Why did I hate this, this, this so much? <laughs> I was like, really this is so good. <laughs> yeah, but to be I fair, did, I did. I was that I was that Xeno Gears fan. <laughs> yeah. So toxic. Like, <laughs> but to be fair, like both like Saga one and two, like they will have like their own gameplay problems in some aspects. Mm. So they yeah. can get also like it depends, but they can also be a bit on the rough side for some people too. Mm. So 
Sometimes it's just yeah. like, you, you kind of need to give them a second chance to really see that their strong point is often the story. But also, right. what I would say though, the gameplay is still pretty solid, but like a lot of people will say like, oh, there's no music in the... The, yes, uh, that that was so odd. Yeah, that was that, odd. that really struck me as that struck me as odd because like I was playing it and my husband came by and he's like, "What kind of game is this?" And he's like, "There's no music at all. It's just footsteps. You're just echoing in the corridor." And I'm like, "I know. It's actually kind of a shame that the, all the music and it's like really beautiful music is like during the cutscenes and yeah. you know I'm just like, why did why did they do that? <laughs> like although like Xeno Gears was kind of like that too. Yeah, like, there was like, I think they were going for were very silent. Yeah. I think they were going time. for something similar, like, right? But at yeah. the same time, it was a bit maybe too silent. Like, so yeah, because like more sounds to it. Yeah, it was. I, I think it was because like I, I well, I want to say that the dungeons in Xenosaga felt like longer, like very long. Like, but I, I but then I, I'm thinking about Xenogears and I'm like, Xenogears had some really long dungeons too. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure what what it was that, that like, yeah, Xenosaga just feels so quiet. Oh, and yeah. Xenogears didn't feel that way. I don't know. I also think it's because of the sound effects too. Because like I remember in Saga, there's there's like areas in that game where. You don't even hear any atmospheric sounds, whereas Gears actually uh, did have a few silent areas, but there was still like, there's all sorts of sounds in the atmosphere and like the environment was making noises, so like chirping. it still kind of worked. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, that's true. Like, and like when I'm thinking about Saga, like it, you'll either it's either footsteps or you'll hear like smoke or something on fire, and, it, and right. it's like kind of constant. But yeah, that's true. Like had like intense reverb on them, so it like really amplified like how empty it felt. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> maybe that's yeah, that's an interesting point. Yeah, yeah. that's true. <laughs> but yeah, actually, like right now, we kind of went into gameplay and stuff. But were we in your story yet? <laughs> <laughs> What's that? It's just um, I'm wondering if we started your story or if we branched out for the from another topic. I'm a bit confused now. <laughs> Oh, oh, like how how I got into the yeah. yeah. Oh, 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 okay, okay, oh, yeah. All right, sorry. I, I guess I kind of touched on it, but yeah. As I, as Joe like alluded to before, I'm, I, I will live and die for Xeno Gears. <laughs> yeah. Forever. Like I was, it was 1998, and I was in grad school, and you know, by the time like you know, it was a PS1 era, and so the like JRPGs were in its heyday, and so I was just playing every JRPG I could get my hand on, like hands on, like you know, in uh, for the PS1, and and, and especially Square. Airsoft because I was just a huge Final Fantasy oh, yeah. fan, so I was like, I, I was like, everything Squaresoft, everything. So like, and Xenogears was one of them, and it just it hooked me from the beginning because that that anime cutscene at the where, with the Eldridge oh, at the beginning, yeah. it was just really awesome yes. looking oh. and, and very gripping because you're like, oh my goodness, what's happening? And it's like, you know, you you shall be as gods, and then the, the plane, like, or I mean, the ship is just like getting taken over, and and then then it just cuts to like you know, Faye painting in like this rustic village and you're just like, well, how does, how does, like, how did this make, how did it make this leap? Like that just, that really intrigued me. Like, cause I was like, okay, I, I need to, I need to play this to find out what's, why, well, how, when, how point A went from point B so suddenly, because it was just like two different worlds completely. It's like this yeah. intergalactic battle and like suddenly you're like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm in the sticks. <laughs> like just, you know, this, you know, so yeah. And then just, uh, I, I was just in love with the gameplay because I just loved how you could play in your gear 
You could also play like you know out of your gear, like, and you had a totally different set of moves and totally different mechanics for both, which was just really cool, and it played like really well. And then like the music was just, I, well, I mean, Mitsuda. Yeah. You know? It's yeah. like how could how could you not love Mitsuda? <laughs> like, even though it's like, <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, it's just you know all you have to do is just say it was yeah. And Mitsuda wrote the music. You're like, oh yeah, yeah okay. You know, it's like just, give me the music. So That's it, all you need to hear. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So. So yeah, that was what this, uh, all that hooked me, and I, even like disc two couldn't ruin it for me. I was like, just like, I was like, I needed to, I need to play this through to the end. I was just so like bowled over by everything, and then just uh, when I got to the end, I was just so emotional. Like, oh my gosh, I'm so proud of Faye and Ellie and everybody. Like, <laughs> they've come so far, and so yeah, then yeah, I was just like, just really like wow like completely just blown away by the story even though it's like super pretentious and they were like throwing every religious reference they could find and it was just like you know it was neon genesis evangelion like there was so much so much in there that was like ripping off of other things but it was just such it was it so it worked it was so great <laughs> like I, I was like you know wow i never expected it to go down this rabbit hole and something went down another rabbit hole and it, you don't know how how far this rabbit hole goes and so yeah that was that was like it was like really just a, amazing it was an amazing experience to go down that far i think like like JR, like jrpg plots were were already starting to go that way like with final fantasy 7 it was you know well final fantasy always pushed the envelope for for that kind of thing but like you know the snes Final Fantasies were, you know, pretty typical. Like you could see where the end was going to be. You could see where the what the vil who the villain was going to be. And in seven, it was starting to break that like that mold a bit. Like where you couldn't really see where what was happening, where where they were taking that story. But then I think like you know, then when I played Xenogears, that just kind of blew that out of the water. <laughs> like you know, like no, like it jumped the shark and then some. And I was like, wow, this is this is amazing. This is. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that's how that's got that, that's what got me hooked into the Xeno series. Nice, nice. But then, then I, but then, like when I, it, it's, but then I tried playing Saga, and then I like despised it. As, oh, <laughs> as Joe said, is it because I wasn't Xeno Gears and I was like that toxic Xeno Gears fan? I was like, nothing can be better than Xeno Gears. I will not stop anything. Like it was, you know, it was ridiculous. I, <laughs> now you're reformed. But I do hope though, so, yeah. now that you replay it, I do hope that you will be able to get through the end and like. Be maybe just as my blog, yeah, about this. Yeah, I want the story to. Of saga I, just is as emotional as all soup. of us constantly are about it. <laughs> <laughs> Which I love, you know, I love that. that that's literally like what every Xeno fan of any of any Xeno game is like. It's like you know, they, they you know, you get like super emotional. Yeah, oh, yeah. Because they're so they they just do a, such a great job of creating. Yeah, these, it's such like, like a yeah. grand yeah. story Powerful with moments. amazing characters. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, and like just really relatable characters, and they, they just have this great sense of scale, this epic scale that you start out so your your character starts out so simple, and you know with a very small world view, and then at the end it's like you're killing God <laughs> again, <laughs> and but and it just suddenly that that formula just never gets old. It's just like you know, it's I, like I'm just so proud of them. <laughs> yeah, but I find that they write their characters so well, like no matter yeah. which series. Like, I feel like Zero Gear Zero Saga had a more complex writing, like, compared mm. to the new ones. But regardless, like, I feel like people will like different Zero games for different reasons. Oh, yeah. Mostly because they connect differently mm-hmm. on different levels with each one of them. Mm. But, yeah. Like, for me, yeah. for example, for me, like, I connected hardcore with Zero Saga, but Same. I still love all of the other games. 
And Zillblade 2 is actually my second favorite, but yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I can totally see, like, I can see, like, how, why people love Xenosaga. Like, I really, I was really charmed by, like, I, I mean, just, like, just the, the, like, the, just the crew on the, I forgot the name of the little ship. The Elsa. The Elsa. Yes, they're so, when they talk to me, they're so cute when they talk to each other. And then just Cosmos herself, even though she's an android, she's got, like, she's got a really good dynamic with Xion. And, you know, it's just, like, she, it's really just, and she on herself is such a great character. Oh, yeah, she oh, just has, she's so she has so much that she's like she's gone she through so much, and you don't well, know. Yeah. Like, you're still maybe, I don't know where you are in the story, but, like, Xion, her character development is so it's, intense. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's so good. Yeah, you can, like, throughout the game, you can really tell there's more to her. Than, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. There's so much under the surface. And, like, I'm, like, I, like I'm at, I don't, I, I've, like, I've got, like, I'm at the Song of Nephilim, like, just because, like, I hate, like, I got killed just, like, you know, because when you have to shoot all those boxes to get to certain levels, yeah. and then, then then I ran, I was like, oh, I'm so powerful, I'm fine, I ran to some enemy who just wiped oh, the floor. Yeah, I, like, I, like, I was like, why is everyone so Yes! I think I know oh where, is it those losses that keeps, like, with pretty much disabling your abilities? Yes. <laughs> Yes, it's like, it's, so it's just a really annoying, it's a really annoying having to just kind of shoot those boxes to get to certain levels and you have to shoot like six and then they'll get you to a certain level three. I I don't know. But then, and then you just, and then there is only, yeah, it's that, that, it's that one Gnosis that's like in the hallway when it's a circular hallway and then it's like, you can't avoid him. (laughs) He's like, or you try to run and he like, because it's so narrow, you can't run, like get run past him. So I was like, how do I do this? So yeah, that's when I rage quit and I was like, I'll come back to this, but you know. Yeah, I I understand. I I I stayed blocked in this sort of film for a while to be honest. <laughs> okay, I'm glad it's not just me. I yeah, was like, maybe no, I just need that place is tough. That place just... is tough. No, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just need to hit you. I'll need to hit you guys up like later for strategies. Totally. Because I also have like a oh, bunch yeah. of like I have a bunch of TP saved up for Shion because she doesn't have her AOE attack yet, and I'm like, I know it's coming. I, I'm just I've got like a thousand. Something. Yeah. I, <laughs> I haven't spent it on anything. <laughs> Oh really? Yeah. Okay. All right. Maybe maybe I should. Okay. Maybe maybe I ought to start like just. Yeah, I think I do that else. like every playthrough. I'm like, let me save up Cosmos's points. So when I get to Song of Nephilim, I can get her X Buster and kill everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. That's what I need to do. Okay. All right. Yeah, X Buster. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. Okay. I'm gonna go back and try to because I do want to finish it because you know like <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, Saga is really a game that you kind of have to just be in it for the long run because like. I know um, Saga 1 can be kind of a flawed game, and so can Saga 2. But it's it's funny, like, I was revisiting all, all the cutscenes from Saga recently, and Saga 1 honestly keeps it pretty basic in comparison to the later games, which is what, like, most people I talk to who love Saga, they're always talking about the cutscenes from the, from the later games more than the first one. The first one has a lot of setup, yeah, but, like, where the series really shines is how you see those characters evolve from where they started. And that's, you really yeah. get a sense of that, starting from Saga 2, funny enough. Everybody likes to hate on that game, myself included, but that's actually <laughs> where a lot of the more interesting things from the story start to happen. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. So my my question is, like, okay, this is, is this supposed to be a sequel or a prequel to Xenogears or just a reimagining of Xenogears? <laughs> that's a complicated question. <laughs> that's a very complicated question. <laughs> <laughs> 
Because I'm like trying yeah. to, as I'm playing, I'm trying to see how it fits in the framework of Xenogears, and I'm like, it seems like a parallel, like universe, or it's like almost like a different kind honestly, of retelling of. Honestly, I think it's like any other Xenogears, except like they had done this like kind of right after Xenogears. So I feel like they were inspired by it. They took a lot of filament and cameos from it, but okay. like. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's its own thing it's regardless. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's very much its own game. It's a it's a spiritual successor. But I will like, say, uh, okay. you're gonna have a lot of candy when you get to Zill Saga Tree. Oh my goodness, you're gonna okay. Zill Saga Tree pissed me off. <laughs> so, and I, and I spoke about this on the podcast before because, like you, I was also a big Gears fan. I had played that first, <laughs> and then I was playing Zill Saga because. What what got me into that series was that uh, I think I read like a rumor somewhere that Saga was supposed to be a remake of Gears. So oh, that's kind of why okay. I, that was one of the reasons why I was interested in Saga and I was playing it. And then I had seen a video of Saga 3 and I saw Jin's outfit in that game and it looked yeah. just like Seton and I lost and I lost. It. I was like, oh my oh. god, he gets to play a Seton in this game? And oh, then I wow. found out that no, that wasn't the case. That was just Jin. And Saga 3 has a lot of moments like that where there's a character who looks just like somebody from Gears. Mm -hmm. And you'll just think to yourself that had they remade Gears back in like 2005, 2006, it would have looked like Saga 3. And that made me hate Saga 3. I'm like, man, if only this was a Zeno Gears remake. This would have been so cool. I probably will have a similar reaction when I get there. And I know specific moments where you are going to scream. Actually, there's a first first cookie in uh, the ending of Saga 1. If that could give oh, you, give you yeah. a small motivation okay. to finish it, yeah. I know what you're talking. Oh about. no, I do want to finish it. I'm just like I, I'm just like need to just hunker down and just grind, like just get everyone's levels like higher. You can <laughs> then do I can it. Just, go, uh, just get through the song. Also, if you have Erdi Kaiser and you don't feel like having trouble with the bosses, you can just smack them with Erdi Kaiser and they die instantly, almost. Ah mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man, I don't have that though. Yeah, like I, I need to look I up. I think how to it, get that. you have to wait a while before. You, well. I don't know if you. Uh, Can't you like, not it, all the keys are in the, the the doors, the, the red doors. I think. Yeah, the yeah, parts. they oh, are. Man. I've been so lazy about that. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like, do I have to open this? Do I? Have to uh-huh. like- <laughs> okay, okay. I will. I, I I will. I'll go back and just you know <laughs> and go through all that and make and build the big robot thing. <laughs> I could <laughs> tell you like, the exact ones if you don't want to do them all, just so that you get the Kaiser and smack everything. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> I mean, it's like, if this was like 10 years ago, I probably would have been like, okay, I'm going to take my time through this. But it's like, my backlog of games is so overwhelming that I'm like, okay, I just let me just get through right. this. Right, oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, feel that. I feel that. I feel that too. You know, yeah. without using, yeah. <laughs> so, All right. I understand so, this feeling. Yeah. yeah, but I'd, I'd rather finish it than like not finish it. I really would want to finish the second one. <laughs> You can do it. <laughs> yes, I I am like now I'm really motivated after talking to you guys. Yes. I'm like, okay, okay, now I'm like yes. really curious. I'm really curious about Xenosaga three, and now I'm like I can't just skip Xenosaga two. We will support you whenever you, you want to play Xenosaga. <laughs> if you need a cheer cheer squad, just come to the game room. Tell us in advance, we'll all be there. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I will. I'll be like, help, guys! I need <laughs> motivation for so yes. I got wasted at Song of Nephilim again. We, we will be your cheerleaders. <laughs> I need encouragement. <laughs> So shall we move? So oh. why don't you uh, continue with your story, or is there more to your Zeno history? We didn't go too much into Zeno Blade, I think. 
Yeah. Oops. Oh, Xenoblade. Okay, okay, okay. I guess I can talk about. Z- okay, so now you know my Xenosaga history or lack of. <laughs> like, um. So, but with Xenoblade, it was actually kind of similar because, like, I like um, Xenoblade One. Like, I. You know, this is when I was like, I had, I didn't have a Wii or anything, and because I had just had my first kid, and you know, so I was like, wasn't playing that many games, <laughs> so, so it was like, oh, I heard like Xenoblade Chronicles, and then I heard somewhere that it was like, it was in the same series as Xenogear, Xenosaga. I'm like, oh, maybe this is worth picking up and trying out, and and so I, I picked it up and. Um, and I play, and I bought a Wii for for it. <laughs> and I was and and I played it, and I was like, I wasn't used to the open world yet, so it was just really disorienting for me. So I and I got really angry, and, and then I and I couldn't get the battle system was so weird to me because like you know you you attack like automatically when you get close mm-hmm. to an enemy, but I didn't know that for the longest time and so i was like how do i manage all these buttons and, and scrolling through the you know, which text to use and i have no oh. idea and i kept getting killed and like because i just and then because i didn't know like it, it was just it was just really disorienting because it was my first like quote-unquote open world game yeah so i like i rage quit around satoral marsh because there's like level 99 birds like, <laughs> around, like, yeah. like at night. i was like oh no running away and then um I think I put it away for like three years. <laughs> and, and then it was like, it wasn't until after I, or maybe longer, because it, it was like, it wasn't after I played, until after I played Final Fantasy 15, where I was like, okay, I, I'm broken in with when it comes to the open world. And I, I was like, and I thought about Xenoblade again. I was like, you know, maybe just, I, I should just pull that out again. And then it was just much easier to play then, because I was, so by the time I was like used to like 3D and whatever. And, and then, so it wasn't so just, just being in that, environment like the immersive 3d thing wasn't just wasn't so overwhelming for me and i could just kind of focus on the bat on getting acquainted with the battle system and then then i, I actually really appreciate the detail in the the worlds they like you know when you're in gar planes it's like wow like you, you just you, as far as i can see you can see these formations and especially when you're in like mcconnell's field like you know when you're like advancing towards the Mechanus, like you can just see like you know you look below you and it's like there's all this you can see like parts of the Bionis. I mean, it's just really like it was really just amazing like I, I was so that's when i was like you know, I really started to really appreciate Xenoblade a lot. Like, and, and then I got really into them. And then, the, but I always loved the music, no matter what, because I think you know, Joe. This is around the time I met Joe, who was really into Xenoblade, and he was like, nice. you know, like, can you play on my, can you play on my arrangement of Satoru Marsh? And I'm like, oh, this is really wow. beautiful. And then he like played a couple, and then um, and he played me Agniritha. And I was like, oh, this is really beautiful. Like, <laughs> like I need to, I was like, I haven't played the game, but I, I immediately started, like, arranging it, like, transcribing it. I was like, this is gorgeous. This is a gorgeous theme. And, and you know, <laughs> and so, and but yeah, so, so yeah, I was always really into the music. And I heard Beyond the Sky, and I was, and then that's, like, I was like, oh my gosh, this is a really beautiful theme. And this is, and Joe was like, this is the ending theme. Because I think, this is around the time you were making, Joe, you were making your big Xenoblade mega medley with, like, yeah like all the things like it was like 33 people like across youtube and it was a real it's a really great great medley it was an it's a really epic medley it's great and so i played on a couple of those tracks and i was really intrigued like like because the music was really great so yeah so that's what kind of got like kept me sort of in the loop for xenoblade like i didn't dismiss it entirely so yeah so yeah but i'm glad so then i i actually finally beat it maybe like two years ago or maybe last year it was maybe last year and i I think I I was rage quitting around like when you're in the Bionis like the interior and 
I think you're I I and I kept those and and I, I like I needed like more level. I don't remember what it was. Those squirrels kept killing me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, don't what, I don't remember what it was. I'm like, but Je- Jennifer had to get me through it. Like Rinkara on Twitter, she was like, "Come on, just 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 finish it. Just please finish it. Yeah, you will so understand." <laughs> and I know that she's like, "Just please finish the game, please." She's like, "Just." And then and then when I, I finished the game, it was like like Zanza took me like three and a half hours. It was one in the morning. I was sweaty, <laughs> just, like, was, and I was like, it's like finally, finally beat him, and then like the ending was was like so great. It was worth. I was like crying, oh. <laughs> like, just, like beyond the sky plane, and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so proud of them. Like, it was like the Xeno Gears experience. I'm like, oh my gosh, this this game in many ways I actually like better than Xeno Gears, <laughs> like in 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 some ways. It's just like, well, in, in objectively speaking, I think it's a is, is a much better game than Xeno Gears. Not that it's Xeno Gears' fault; they ran out of budget. Like, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, you know, and but just like overall, it was but, just had that same. To be honest, I think Xenoblade One is probably the one that had the most balance as far as like oh, yeah. story oh, yeah. and like everything. Like it yeah. was really a really yeah. balanced game. Mm-hmm. That's one of its big strengths. Yeah, yeah, no, that that's true. Like all around, like the characters are great, the story's great, the music's great, and just the the battle system. Once once you get used to it, it's real, it's good, it's intuitive actually, and like the and the the environments are just so beautiful. Oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's a so yeah. Okay, I have blathered on about Xenoblade enough. Okay, Joe, it's your turn. <laughs> 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 so, am I supposed to talk about Xenoblade? I well, I guess like I was like a part or i took like i signed what there was like a petition like operation rainfall like i was mm. part like i took part in that and ended up purchasing yes. the, um the the first xenoblade like from gamestop and i was just like really they were not gonna release this game that that seems insane at this point but mm-hmm. yeah it oh was, i know right i mean shulk being in super smash brothers <laughs> yeah so, so yeah so i'm grateful that like that happened and that 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 ended up, ended up being released and the funny thing was, was i was actually more excited about the last story at the time because i was like oh that that has like a lot of the final oh, fantasy wow. people. I... but then but then yeah, like now i completely right. reversed i'm like xenoblade forever <laughs> that was the same thing with me i actually didn't care about xenoblade for a very long time i was kind of like yeah whatever Last story looks awesome. I really want that. But ironically enough, I wouldn't get Last Story till way later. I think I was excited for both kind of equally because Last Story had like uh, the whole writer of Final Fantasy, which I really love yeah, his writing. Yeah. And uh, yeah. and then Second there was issue. like Zobe was like Monolith. I was just like must must like support both. But I actually bought all three games like at release because I really wanted wow. to support all of all of them. So. Yeah, well, good for you. <laughs> but yeah, continue. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if there's much to continue with. Um, other, yeah, other than enjoyed a lot, enjoyed it a lot. But um, I guess with the Blade games in particular, like I think what I've noticed is that I can't really play them multiple times because, like, um, the way I play the game, oh, like yes. I'll basically a hundred, tried a hundred percent of them during my like oh. first playthrough. So oh, then, geez. like, by the time, oh my gosh, by the time like I'm done with the game, and I did this with Fire Emblem Three Houses too. Um, so oh, I know, I was about to say, I was about to mention Fire Emblem yeah, Three Houses yeah, so, because you were talking to me like I want to max out everybody, like even the people that you don't use on the bench. I'm like, Joe, don't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
<laughs> stay with your stick with your A team and just just get those guys up and don't bother with anyone else. Yeah, <laughs> I would probably be that person trying to raise everyone. Actually, I have the game. I still have not started it because Same. I was stuck playing Dragon Quest for the longest time. Okay. <laughs> That's valid. That's valid. Okay. <laughs> I'm still in Dragon Quest. I still have not finished it. (laughs) Well, I I quote-unquote finished it, but I'm in the post-game, which is more story, so I quote-unquote finished it, but not. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's kind of like Octopath Traveler. It's like you finished it, but you haven't really finished it. Exactly. There's so much post-game. Yeah, I can understand why you wouldn't want to go back to the Zillowblade games, Joe, because that would take forever to max out, like... Because, uh, like, I, I would cross-compare, like, my hour count against other people who just, like, play it normally, yeah. and it'll be, like, three or four times, like, their hour count. Oh, my God. <laughs> also, No, like, I mean, I think... Joe, Joe, I mean, I know people that logged in 800 hours in a Xenoblade 2. There's so much to yeah. do. There's a side quest like, and stuff. There's so much to do. I know, also, I know like, over 300, but... <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's that's totally fine. Yeah. Like, there's so much to do in the yeah. game. I, I think in Blade One, it's actually impossible to 100% it in one playthrough because, like, if I remember correctly, there's like quests that you can't do in one playthrough. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, like the is it, is it like when you're building like rebuilding Colony like Nine or whatever? Is it it's is like it, are those quests or no? Uh, if I remember correctly, I believe there were some quests that were like branching off of decisions you made too. I think oh, there was like one okay, or two of those okay, got it. where like depending on which one you picked you would get a different quest so like you actually couldn't do every single quest in one playthrough. Oh, okay. Alright, got it. Yeah, but 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 now that there's a definitive edition coming out, maybe I'll actually play it again. Because like I bought the three DS release because I was like, yes, you know played and um, I, I can play it on my 3DS, and then uh, like I started oh it gosh. and just never played it. But like, <gasps> it's, hard, I, it's so hard to play on the 3DS. <laughs> that game on the 3DS is like that tiny little screen. I did the same yeah. thing. I bought it. Murder. I bought a 3DS just for that game, and then I played maybe like a few hours, and I stopped. Oh, <laughs> oh it's it's brutal. <laughs> yeah, to play on the 3DS, yeah, though. I did. It's I did the same, but <clears throat> but also. Technically, in my case, it wasn't too bad to upgrade to a new 3DS because I had the very first one, so <laughs> it wasn't too bad of an upgrade. <laughs> but yeah, I, I did more more or less the same. Like I played a tiny bit on the 3DS and then I, I branched out to some other things. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a very long game. It's a lot. Oh. It's a big, it's an emotional roller coaster. Mm-hmm. And when you know what's going to happen, it's kind of like, oh boy. Okay. Do I want to feel this again? Like, Got to go through this again. I'll be completely honest. Even to this day, I have not finished it. I ended up watching the cutscenes while I was doing the Zillow Blade Critical 2. <laughs> <laughs> Because the problem with me is that I'm like I don't have much time, and then I I want I tell myself okay I I gotta continue the story, but then all these side quests are put in my face, and like it's stronger than me. I must go to them. Yeah. 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 Oh my gosh, there's so many side like like the number of side quests in Xenoblade is just astounding. But like you know. 
But I like how you don't have to go back to. Or I think was it Xenoblade Two? You don't have to go back to. Yeah, the but that's person. the thing. Xenoblade like, Critical Two. I feel like it was more balanced with the side quests because often yeah. I would have like a batch within like a chapter of the story, and then there would be no more. And so I was like, oh, okay, I can move on now. But yeah. Xenoblade uh, One, okay. it was just like. Okay, yeah, I turned in kept going. ten quests. I received twenty. I'm just like, oh, oh man, I'll never finish. This. I mean that, but but that's kind of I I kind of like that though. It's almost like your quests are ongoing. You can finish them, you know, so they don't disappear. Like if you're a completionist, I, I can see how you're you'd be like, okay, I can go back. Like you know, if I miss this, like you know, like there's a point, you know, that that point in the game before you defeat the final boss, you can go back and just do everything. Yeah, I just and, always you know, always have then. this kind of like mentality of like, if I miss it now, it might disappear forever. <laughs> and it was some games are totally like that yeah like yeah <laughs> okay but yeah i, I watch all the cutscenes at least <laughs> so i didn't miss anything too much but yeah. I'll, i will go back to it at some point it's just right now i'm like i have too many games yeah <laughs> too many oh games <laughs> don't we all yeah we do yeah all right so yeah i guess we should probably move to the the main show now yeah Since, well, um, yes. both of you have done some great work on, like, making uh, different albums of music, which a lot of them so great. Oh my God. are on uh, Spotify. Oh, thank yes. you. Thank you Yeah, so I much. listen to your guys' Xenosaga you. album, like, almost every day. And I yeah. S- oh <laughs> my gosh, that's just... I'm, like, clutching yeah, I my... I had it on earlier. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, we're doing the podcast oh. today, I better go brush up. Yeah, like, whenever... <laughs> Whenever the the the, ver- the version of pain you guys did comes on, I kind of try to sing, oh. sing along to it like it's karaoke. And it's, I'm glad I'm glad in my oh I'm my glad gosh. I'm in my car alone. Let, let me, when I do that, no, no. Let me tell you, I've done many like the same thing for small of two pieces. Just <laughs> any in my, my my car by myself, I will belt that out. Like mm. just you know. <laughs> like, so I, I feel like I, yeah but I thought that really means a lot thank no you bro. like I have to say like even though Xena Saga is like um you know like I said like Z- Joe is the Xeno Saga fan <laughs> like, and and I love I do I, even though I like Xena Saga I love a lot of Xena Saga's music like Yuki Kaijura oh, yes. you know Mitsuda they did so so much great yeah like there was a lot and then like and then you know so I, I let Joe take the lead when it came to that album like as to what you know, like I had, I from Xenosaga One, I had a couple of the songs that I knew I wanted to do because, like, especially some of the piano ones, like Warmth and, um, you know, Xion's theme, and then like the battle theme. <laughs> I was like, you know, we're doing this. I don't care. We're doing it this. Out great. because I was just like, that was. 
Oh, thanks you so did. much. I was like, I, I was obsessed. Like, but because that was a, it was just, it was a theme I heard so often as I was replaying it. I was like, this is, it just kind of wormed its way into my brain. And I was like, I, I, we got to do this. We got to do this. And I, yeah, I, did, so good. And I, I banged out a, a really short piano version on Twitter. And I, and then I sent it to Joe, like, we're doing this. <laughs> like, someday we're doing this. <laughs> yeah. And, and I really, so when this album actually, like, yeah. I really like the battle Sorry. theme from one in particular um, in that, like, it for at least for, personally to me it never got old like i've like when i played Nino yeah. Kuni, um that battle theme like eventually like I, I initially really liked it but then when it kept happening over and over again i i would get tired of it and i was like okay i, I don't want to hear the song anymore <laughs> but with the episode one battle theme like i i could listen to it over and over again all, all day, every day and yeah no that was so true i like even like i think it was the uh, did it play during boss battles as well mm-hmm. because yeah i think it was yeah and I, I never i was like okay cool great it wasn't like oh darn i didn't uh, get another boss battle unique boss theme or whatever but i was like oh man this one again great this is such a jam uh, so i was really yeah i was always really happy to hear it it was it was awesome <laughs> like no matter no matter how many times i died i was like oh i get to hear this theme again yeah it's but crazy. it's so hype and it's, it's hard not to get it on the hype train every time that song starts you're just like yes yeah <laughs> yes it's so good it's so, like and i i've thought about what makes it like so good and i i, I want to say like just from from a musical perspective it's just because the changing meter like and there's like there's some distinct sections that just sounds the intro part is really different and then that that part in the in the middle is is like another is and then it just changes time signatures again it's, it's like in seven eight for for that that one first part then it goes into nine eight and for that like that part that other part that goes into you know so it's just it's always shifting it's like you know very interesting to listen mm-hmm. to yeah you know so so yeah it's not like you know it, because of all those like little musical changes <laughs> so at least for yeah. me but you know but yeah but i I do like a lot of songs that sometimes will do that. Like they'll they'll shift like kind of speed or like mood or whatever within the music. Yeah. It's it's always interesting to hear music like that. But that one on top of that is super hype. So just like oh, what is like I never get tired of listening to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's and just like it's so classic Mitsuda, like because you can hear some of the the heart, the his the element his compositional like style come through like that, that one when that nine eight part hits and it's so pretty. There's like a really pretty section in that battle theme where yeah. you know you're like oh you know it's just it yields it goes from this like really sort of hype like battle stuff to like this really pretty like part. <laughs> so you know the mood change and it's very that's very Mitsuda like he's like, he always tries to write put in something really pretty like no matter what it is <laughs> so so yeah that's a you know that, that that was what i that was always really got me i think the first time i heard it and then i was like you know let me get to, like that shift between the two so it's that's just like it's a great it really theme, is I was like so i was like mm-hmm. yeah joe we gotta do it we're doing it <laughs> so yeah so the xena saga album ended up being like uh, it was like all slow themes and battle <laughs> <laughs> It was it's usually because like Joe really likes the he likes the slow, soft themes and I love I'm weak for battle themes. I'm Fair. like we have to I, I we must do it. We must do you will know our names. We must yeah. do like you know, it's like I like you know, so yeah, so, yeah I, I'm, one I'm weak for yeah, battle sorry. teams too and like high. Oh good. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, it's just so exciting. It just gets, you know, it, it doesn't fit. So that's why when we were、um, putting, deciding the order of the Zena Saga album, I was like, Joe was like, where do we put this? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, just get it out of the, get it out of the way at the beginning. And it's going to be like, you know, well, we'll definitely end with pain, like, you know, because that's like the ending theme. But, you know, like, just get, get, the, get the battle out of the But way. But I think we did the, the softer one. My favorite one is Sweet Soul. Oh, I love it. <laughs> yeah, that was Joe's. Joe really insisted on that one and on having. But that's the,、oh, the ending for Zeno 2, right? Yeah. Saga 2, yes. Okay. Yeah, it was really pretty. I'm like, oh, you know, that was, that was all Joe. I think Joe picked. You, Joe, you picked all the ones from 2 and 3 because you're like, we need, absolutely need to have this one. We can't. <laughs> I, I, that's why I was like, okay, I'll, I'll totally believe you on this. You're the saga. <laughs> you're the saga guru here. He's like, we need this and we need this and we need this. And he's like, we need Mother Miss You and we need Nephilim. And Nephilim is really beautiful. Yeah, it is. I, I yeah. actually really enjoyed、um, I really like, like Nephilim a lot. And,、um, and then,、um, what was the Hepatica? <laughs> Hepatica is、oh, amazing. I, it's it's like, Z- I love it so yeah, much. That was,、oh, yeah, that was,、uh, that's from Xeno Saga yeah, 3, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. It triggers, okay, it triggers like, a bit too much emotion. So often I'm like, it's starting. I want to listen to it, but I'm going to get sad. <laughs> You know, like, so it's like I haven't played Xeno Saga 3, but I was telling Joe, it's like, it's a real, like, without the context at all. But when I was like transcribing it, and I was like, we're going to do it the, exactly the way it is on the, on the thing. And, you know, and, and I was telling Joe, like, you know, it's interesting how it, soo- it sounds like, like, it's very, this chorale like sort of vibe to it. It sounds like a hymn. And it almost in, in some ways, like, you know, with the, with the Latin lyrics and everything, it's like, it sounds like an Ave Maria. It actually sounds like a, like, You know, like it's like, you know, Hail Mary. Like, you know, it's like, it's almost like, you know, it's, it's got a very, 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 very sort of,、um, very, yeah, very religious, very、yeah. like, a, like a very somber, very、um, sacred sort of vibe to it. And then it like, and I'm like, it's, I was like, I wonder what, and I asked Joe the context of, of it. I was like, when does this play? And where does this go? <laughs> like, you know, and, and he told me it was like a, It played during a battle, and I'm like, <laughs> 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 like, you, I was like, the, and this is like really,、uh, I was like, this is that's really interesting. Well, after、too. hearing so, that, I, I can't、like, wait until you get to that part of the game now. After hearing <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, I was like, you know, <laughs> like, oh my god, the way you described that is okay, like, I, I need to see your reaction now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. I'm like, it, it, like, let me tell you, it has, that's, it, that's intrigued me, like, ever since, like, you know, that, that, that kept me, like, in for, like, because when I was, like, you know, arranging Hepatica, I was like, gosh, this is so, like, you know, and then, like, when Joe told me, kind of, like, without spoiling anything, and I was like, oh, interesting. And so I've been, I've been curious about it, like, low key ever since, like, just, like, you know, like, all right, I need to kind of know where, when this, why this is, where it plays, like, why it sounds the way it does, and, you know, who's, whose theme this actually is, and, like, you know, so yeah. <laughs>
so yes, I I can't wait to go to play it and to play Xenosaga three whenever I get out of Song of Nephilim and Xenosaga one. It's really <laughs> interesting to like hear these songs out of context and then compose yeah. them. And then go yeah. back and experience them the way <laughs> you you were supposed to in game. Oh yeah, no, they're the same. Like, I got a, I had a similar experience with Ignoratha because that was I had heard that like without any context. I was like, this is so gorgeous. And I was I was like picturing like this beautiful verdant forest like village theme like elves or whatever i don't know like it, you know it's just like it was some it was so peaceful and and nice and beautiful and then it's like it plays during like then when i when i reached like <laughs> like that like ignirtha in the game and i was like oh my gosh it's like it takes on a totally different vibe it's like everyone it, everyone's dead it's this abandoned city you've got the facing these really awful tough like enemies <laughs> like and everything is just so it, it was just such a it, it was so different from what i expected it to to like the context was so different from like because it was like, this really beautiful theme but it took on this more somber s- tragic sort of um vibe like when you're like you're in you're in the the mechanist capital and fighting like basically the ghosts or or like just the the leftover mechons or and they're all so difficult and, and everything is so drab and ugly and you know like, like so and so yeah and rusted so it was just so different from yeah so from what i expected nice In that, in that case, well, it's something I've been wondering, and it's—I'm not—I'm sorry if I'm not going in order of our questions, but like, because you've um, done the sheet music, like, how how do you go about like, um, like how do, how difficult is has it been for you to like adapt these tracks from the, the various Zeno games into like oh into, um, sheet music? Okay, oh, uh, like you mean to yeah. arrange or um. Okay. Oh, just to to adapt to to our instruments. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like uh, Joe, <laughs> I felt like I rambled a lot about Ignir. That Joe, do you want? It? Oh, <laughs> do you want? It? <laughs> yeah, it, it kind of varies in like, uh, and I I think Ruby has her own process, and like I kind of do my own thing. But mm-hmm. at least for me personally, like a lot of times I'll kind of just listen to the track and like um, start to dissect the different lines and transcribe those down, and then start to kind of see okay what are the most important things like what are the things that the piano can cover what are the things that a melodic instrument like the viola can cover and the piano in particular is really tricky for me to arrange um mm-hmm. i think ruby is a lot better at it for <laughs> obvious reasons but like because the piano has to be both it has to be the bass line it has to be your rhythmic like percussion instrument and it has to be melodic and accompaniment and it's basically a little bit of everything. So I'm I'm not great at arranging for piano yet, but um, a lot of times, like I'll kind of do like a skeleton, and then Ruby will kind of um, um, will retool it, rewrite the yeah. whole thing. <laughs> basically, it's like, like here are the chords go, go crazy. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, but seriously, like arrange if you don't play piano, arranging for piano is actually very hard. I can really like. I can really sympathize with that because if you're not, if you're, you know, especially like if you're an instrumentalist and you only play like one note at a time or at most maybe two or three, if you're a wind player or a singer, of course, obviously you can't do that. Then it's, you don't hear things in terms of chords mm -hmm. and like you, you hear, like, you know, it's hard to, if you play piano, then you're used to hearing many notes at once and you can pick out kind of like what, what, you know, what, what certain patterns are. Mm -hmm. But um, if you're not used to that, then yeah, I can really sympathize with, you know, it's like trying to transcribe something for or arrange for piano. Oh. Yeah, but I guess I can yeah, understand. Yeah. The, like, I mean, if someone's used to play just one stroke of notes, like it's kind of hard to do a double of that for the piano with different yeah. melody. Yeah. Right. Well, it's kind of yeah. No, it, and so yeah, in many in many cases, I, I end up just rewriting the entire part, which is totally fine. Because, <laughs> you know, because I, I understand how it's very hard to, you know, for someone that doesn't, if you don't really play piano, then it's hard to figure all that stuff out. And but when I when I arrange, like you know, like I said, the piano is it's easier for me to write it out. What takes the longest is transcribing all the notes and getting all the lines in because especially if you're you're a stickler like me and you hear so many cool harmonies in the original and you want to get them all in and they're like, I'm just going to get these all in <laughs> somehow, even though I don't, I, I would need like 10 hands to try to no. like, you know, keep, get it like, but you know, it's like, I'm going to get it in. And so, you know, like usually first I'll have the instrumentation out. Like if it's just me and Joe, it'll be just piano viola and then like joe said just try, trying to, to see what what parts would go best with um in each instrument usually for melody obviously um, the melody line would go to viola or whatever instrument and then like piano would uh, i would just take care of everything else and so you know it's like okay i'll just take you just take melody i'll take care of everything else unless there's like but if there's like certain parts where like it would sound great on this in like on viola or in the strings and i'll probably make an ex exception there um but um but that's um and, and it's usually if it's like a pretty fairly easy song to adapt to um a classical instrument setting like um on the fallen arm from Maconis mm. uh, I'm sorry from Xenoblade mm. 1 then that's that adapts really well to just viola and piano because it's mostly cello that that plays that melody and you know it's a kind of a an, or some synth that plays that you know that that's pretty that's fairly easy to do but if but like if it's something like the theme for Maconis Field mm. Like, which is a very EDM sort of track that's very heavy on the drums and the bass and the synth and not something that <laughs> the acoustic instruments would, would attempt to, to do. But I like, was like, I love this so much. I must do it. It was like midnight and I was like, I don't care. I'm going to try <laughs> to write it all out. And so I, I, was, I think I was live tweeting it. I was like, I, it's going to sound like ass, but I don't care. I love it. And, and then, but like, you know it but surprisingly like when it was like i think it was like 145 when I, when I got like it down to like the first iteration and i was like you know this might actually work i was like it might actually work because you know it's like i grew up like you know trying to um fit to pick out like depeche mode and like, songs on, on my on the piano along with a lot of other british new wave very synth heavy like you know bands on the piano and like i knew so i knew the i knew the power of like a, a good synth riff like if you had like the, like the one in mcconnell's field can that can really carry the brunt of a song like like that that in itself is like the core of a of, of a song and then um just from you know playing a lot of like 
jazz funk riffs on the piano like from like stevie wonder or bill evans chick korea like the the power of the backbeat in order to to create a rhythmic drive that you strong enough that you wouldn't actually need drums and that was what i relied on a lot for when i arranged mcconnell's field i'm like we won't need drums we won't need drums (laughs) it's like you know there's like we have we have that riff that goes that that's constant in the piano and then you're like joe takes care of the melody and then uh, if i can just nail that bass line is so syncopated if i can just uh, like that's all we'll need and we can we can make it work. we can make it work <laughs> and, and so it's like and it kind of did i don't know if it did but you know i'd like i i loved it just because i think it was more of this fangirl <laughs> like oh my gosh mcconnell's field we're actually playing <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. yeah it definitely meant so. a lot to me that we did that because um before i even played xenoblade one that was the first song that i heard from the soundtrack like out of context and mm-hmm. i was like, oh my gosh nice. i didn't know that and so that was like the first song that i was just like okay i i need this on like my ipod at the time <laughs> <laughs> oh i didn't so, know that so it's so it cool that we got to go back and do it so That's actually really cool. That is cool. I guess that kind of goes into another question. Is like, um, when you guys like choose songs that you're gonna do on your albums, like, do you mostly do it because of your like your favorite tracks or something that uh, that you want to do like uh, like technically or how how do you go about doing that? So for me, it's it's the emotional impact mm-hmm. of the tr- of the song because I mean the Xeno games are just overflowing with the feels Too I mean there's so feels. many very powerful poignant moments in the game scenes that are punctuated by such beautiful music that's just so fitting for the moment that I mean hearing these themes recalls those scenes and mm. recalls certain characters and you know and just like like you know the 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 track while I think from Xenoblade mm-hmm. one I always think of Melia and Kalyan like that one scene where, where it plays and I'm just like oh my gosh you know I need to do this <laughs> you know it's it's and I love it because I love while I think because of that one scene like you know because it had played during certain other moments in the games but that one scene between Melia and Kalyan at the very end of the game where you know you know not to spoil anything but you know what yes. I'm talking yeah. about like yeah. I was super super emo super emo <laughs> while I think was playing i'm like, oh. <laughs> like so you know then i'm like i love this track I'm like, we must do it okay joe we're doing it <laughs> so so for me it's definitely 100 percent just like like the the emotion the like the i love it for the the same reason like you know most people just love themes certain themes themes from games is because you know of what it, it evokes you know the what feelings it evokes from playing mm-hmm. the games that the context yeah i'm pretty similar so- um mostly just um things that the songs that mean a lot to me so 
like a similar example to Ruby was that like I'm really really fond of once once we part ways from Xenoblade Chronicles because of the scene with Sharla oh, yeah. and all that. Oh, and, and I was just like, like when I saw that, I was just like crying. That scene. <laughs> and, um, yeah. Was... So I, I inserted that into that that um, Xenoblade medley that um, Ruby had mentioned earlier. And while we were kind of doing the the different arrangements, um, um, someone suggested to me because uh, originally I was going to do the whole song in that medley, and someone had su- suggested to me like, "Well, it doesn't move very much, and like maybe we should cut it so it's not so long." And I was just like, "No, we're doing the whole thing. no, no." It's like never. <laughs> we actually we actually did end up cutting it down a little bit, but, um, just it was already like a 25 30 minute medley (laughs) i mean that was the same that was the same case when we did that concert uh, like two years ago and we did a xenoblade we're like okay we're gonna we're gonna perform xenoblade because we may we're like the only we may be the only people performing xenoblade in in north america (laughs) like you know and and so we need to do this and we were like let's do a medley and a medley ended up being like 45 minutes (laughs) that's that's basically the entire concert but jay joe's like we gotta cut it down if we want to fit in like like somnus and bravely default i'm like no no <laughs> <laughs> so it just took some hard negotiation we got it down to like maybe 20 minutes which was still a very substantial amount of time <laughs> but yeah like they, we feel strong when you feel strongly about certain mm-hmm. tracks it's like no we're not cutting it yeah for sure <laughs> so to kind of piggyback off of that um i'm kind of curious like when it comes to composing a medley, like how do you how do you control the emotions that you're going to evoke from each songs based on like their transitions? Oh, that's such a great question. <laughs> <laughs> and that's honestly the the most challenging part of writing medleys is the transition mm-hmm. because as you say it's like, you know, it's like could be like you can really get musical whiplash like if you don't do it um, if you don't do it well, but then when you think about it, like when you're playing video games, you're you're used to that abrupt shift anyway. You know when you're because you could be like playing, you're in Satoral Marsh, and suddenly you know like said ninety level ninety nine bird, and then you will know our name starts playing, and you're like oh man, oh man, you know so you're, you're, yeah, so you're you're I think like in a sense we're we're kind of used like people are kind of used to that and and come to expect mm-hmm. that from um it, you know in in the whole video in the gaming experience so I I guess. So when I wrote, or when we were writing the, we were trying to figure out the Xenoblade medley when, when for our concert, it was like, um, I don't think we thought too much about tra- like a smooth transition. I don't know. Maybe, maybe my memory's feeling, what, 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 what do you, what, what do you remember, Joe? Because <laughs> like, I'm like, maybe I'm, maybe I'm remembering this wrong. Maybe it was really like, I think, I think know? initially we tried to like smooth out the transitions, but then we we're, we we're just like, oh, it'll, it'll be fine. Like, yeah i think um yeah i'm trying to because i'm so the main theme like ends very definitively like on a on a like you know very definitive end like there's there's an actual ending note to it so that wasn't hard to transition Mm -hmm. and then when we went from gar planes i think gar i think i may have just end you know i think i just i may have just written endings for everything and everything ended definitively nothing just kind of melded i think that's like not it's not like when we did our kingdom hearts medley like you know where where but then again kingdom hearts it's easy to transition dearly beloved into simple and clean Mm -hmm. it's like really easy to transition like stuff in in kingdom hearts it's just the way yoko shimamura writes is all like very she's got a very 
similar like you know everything flows really well like but you know because xenoblade had so many different composers mm-hmm. in it so so many different styles that i think yeah i don't yeah i don't think we yeah you're, i think you're right i think we did try and then we we're like this mm. is not gonna work <laughs> we're just like we're, we're just gonna just end it and then start the next yeah. <laughs> I think that's one of my favorite things about the Xenoblade 1 soundtrack is that there's so many different composers and you can hear the different styles, but like it was, it still felt like a very cohesive soundtrack. It didn't feel like very fragmented and like, like, like there's this composer and this composer, but like it all worked together somehow. Mm. And and I I think that's a credit to like how, how they all work together. And yeah. 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 It's just, although, okay, I will admit the first time, the very first time I played Xenoblade, like it, it did throw me for a loop, just like when because the, like you you're hearing the main theme, like you hear that Shioko Shimamura, like that oh, lo- yeah. that wonderful her lush her lush piano strings writing is so great, and and you hear that when the and when that opening menu screen plays, and then but then like you know there were but then you hear like the folksy like you know did Kyoto Manami Kyoto write for Xenoblade Chronicles one or she did two? yes. Kyoto, you, you, she's got this kind of folksy, sparse sort of style, mm-hmm. very pretty sort of lilting melodies, and and you know, so as I was like, oh, you know, and then and then like Ace comes in and like these hard hitting like metal like you know like battle tracks, and so so that that kind of threw me for a loop just just a tad like you know when I first played it, but that then again like a lot of things threw me for a loop when I first <laughs> played one, <laughs> so so it probably was part of the whole thing, but but yeah, it, like you know, but. For as a, as a whole, like the the OST is, I love the eclecticism of it. It's just you know, it, it really adds to the whole like the the game. Like as you're, and I I love how when you're moving from the Bionis to the Mechanis, mm-hmm. like they're that like they're like it feels very acoustic in the Bionis, but as you move on to the Mechanis, it starts feeling more like electronic mm-hmm. techno sort of, and that that's just like like a like a really cool shift and. You know, and then like when the battle theme, then and, and when the battle themes play, like it's just it's so hype. Like, it's like you know, it's really it really. And then like especially like combined with the voiceover, it's like you know, it's just it's, it's like you know, you're like wow, you're really feeling yeah. you are really. Feeling. Like, like, it's just you know, it, it just really adds to like the whole experience of as you're going through every every section of it. Well, out of out of curiosity, uh, what are your opinions on Xenoblade X's soundtrack? Okay, I can't answer that because I've never played Xenoblade X. Uh, it's still shrink wrap. Uh, <laughs> oh, that joke. I know. I'm getting to it. I did buy it. <laughs> You're fine. Like, You're fine. So, <laughs> Joe, that's all you. Yeah. So, so I did. I did play Xenoblade X, and I, I think it was just very different from the others. You know, soundtracks. I, I still did appreciate. Like, there was a lot of. There is a lot, still a lot of tracks that I like. Like um, I'm mm-hmm. really fond of Sonaso Fern. So we did um, an X, X uh, Sonaso Fern rendition, which yeah, I think yeah. we called XBT3. Um, one of the things mm-hmm. that kind of throws me for a loop when listening to that soundtrack was that like uh, a lot of the track titles are scrambled, so it's, it becomes <laughs> yeah. a very difficult oh. to, to navigate soundtrack if you're just listening to it outside of the game. But uh, I think there were there were a lot of really cool themes there. Um, it was just very different from what I was used to in a Xeno entry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think when I played it, like, I already had heard the composer because I was, like, just coming out of my phase of Attack on Titan. So it was just like, oh, it's the same oh, composer. <laughs> Sawano, yeah, Sawano is so and, good. Like, yeah. The music was so good. It was just like, yes. Even if, like, the lyrics could get a bit ridiculous sometimes, <laughs> I still love it. <laughs> Or, or like the the fact that every time you you fly in your um over the next called or something oh the skulls. In the skulls yeah. yeah every time you fly like that the flying theme story starts oh yeah I love that. 
<laughs> yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, let's see. Um, in that case, were there any like songs that you uh, composed that or for Xenogears, Xenosaga, Xenoblade, or otherwise that were kind of something that was like took you out of your comfort zone or was kind of like difficult to work on? Oh, um, let's see. I <laughs> I don't really like. <laughs> know the meaning of comfort zone honestly when it comes because i will i will try no just in the sense sense of like i i will try everything and anything to even stuff that's not meant for piano i will i i, I like will tr like if i love it enough i'll be like okay it doesn't matter battle themes like you know whatever this is meant for electric guitar I'm, I'm, it doesn't matter <laughs> i'm doing it and so so yeah i i think um although i but two things two although like in live performance so like two mm -hmm. things came or maybe three songs came to mind like um was uh you know just in terms of ensemble like putting mm -hmm. stuff together like um when we did when i think i've probably felt most out of my element when we did gar planes because that was really hard to adapt for acoust acoustically because you know you wouldn't you know it, like because it's not it, it relies it's so groovy it relies so much on drums and mm -hmm. you know i although you know, my whole thing with like, you know, the, we've got the backbeat, it doesn't matter. But the, like there's the way it is, because it's more like Latin beats, like there, there's a very strong emphasis on the one. And, and then there's a very, uh, and so, and a lot of strong emphasis on the, on the congas that play during it, that it was very, like, I, I could only do so much with just the bass line and then just maybe like that, that, that right-hand ostinato. And so it was like, there were times when it, it just, it, it didn't feel as locked in as it could have been. Like, you know, just that, that one, I think really probably knew, like if we had, if we had a conga player, then I probably would have been like, okay, let, let's just get the drums in here. <laughs> like, get it, like hold it down. And then like when we were performing it, like, cause you know, those, those, those three, like, you, you know, those, those three, those, <laughs> Joe knows what I'm about to say. <laughs> there's like there, there's one part when before it goes into the bridge, when the, the you hear these three knocks on either a guitar or like it's three slaps on a guitar or it hits three hits on a, like on a, a some kind of drum and. <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, bass drum. Sorry, yeah, it's the bass drum. I was, I was like, I'm trying, trying to. I don't know why I couldn't think of that. Okay, yeah, the bass drum, and then it, it's like dum bum bum. It's like da 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 da. da. So just before that part, um, so we were like, well, we should stomp. <laughs> we should, we should all stomp. That would be fun. <laughs> like, you know, we should just, after we do this, like, you know, before we go into the bridge, we'll all stomp those three like beats and then, you know, play our thing. And so we were used to rehearsing it in my house and it was that so we would all stomp on a hardwood floor and that would be fine. But then we, when we did it on stage where we had, when, where it's all very resonant and <laughs> we were on the stage, it's kind of hollow and we, I was wearing high heels and like, we all all stopped and it like scared the audience. <laughs> it was like boo, 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 <laughs> and like everyone just, like jumped. Like I saw, I saw our recording guy just like. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, maybe that was a little much. <laughs> we had to just go on like da 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 da. And so like when I watched the video and I listened back to it, it like it's like. <laughs> it's like three sonic booms like, like out of nowhere and I'm like oh my gosh this is hilarious oh awesome. <laughs> so yeah that was that was a time <laughs> And then, like when, like we played, you will, you will know our names. Like later in that medley, that like nearly derailed like, because, like, um, really even, like my, like, 
that one's really tough because it's it's so like it's so like it's like it's very syncopated like rhythmically and then it's like got like because it's very guitar heavy because it's all electric guitar so a lot of fourths and fifths and then like my violinist who is like awesome she's amazing and as world class as it gets but she's not she's used to like there aren't it's not classical like there aren't it's not classical like patterns classical harmonies not classical rhythms so she it was she it was difficult for her to to like you know, she she played it, but, but you know, it was difficult for her to like kind of get the rhythms or kind of nail the, that syncopation, and because you know, it's just not what classical musicians are used to seeing on like you know. So it, it's kind of the th kind of thing you have to have heard many many times, and it has to be kind of ingrained, and you have to just sort of know it by ear. So like you know, Joe Joe was able to hold like Joe, like because I, I was mostly I was mostly trying to play like you know because like the bass part, and I was hoping Joe would Joe would be able to hold it down <laughs> with the string section, but it nearly derailed because I think like Ning like our violinist like took it super fast from the get go. I'm like whoa 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 we're gonna die like don't do that. <laughs> but, you know, like, you know, because, well, so yeah, you just your your adrenaline makes you want to speed up more and more and more. So if you already start out really fast, yes, <laughs> I know. I just I was panicking because like you know because you and you and Matthew the cellist had those really fast techniques like da 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 like that part was so I was like they are going to die. Oh my gosh. So so yeah, that was I think that was were two that didn't quite like. Like, we're probably they're not not our proudest hour oh, no. <laughs> or not our finest hours like, when it came to xenoplate <laughs> so yeah awesome <laughs> oh, uh, joe did you joe what did you think <laughs> joe did you have any to add <laughs> yeah th those were two good examples i guess uh <clears throat> like we also attempted like in Torna, there's like a jazzy Gormot version. <gasps> oh my oh, gosh! <laughs> which, which, oh, like, I love this song. I forgot about that. We're absolutely in love with jazzy oh, Gormot, and we're God. just like, we have to do this. And then we ended up like <laughs> reading it, and we're just like, this sounds ridiculous. Oh my oh. gosh. Oh my gosh. It was so bad. That, okay, that was all my fault. That was all my fault. Like, I was like, I'm keeping this afloat by sheer willpower. I was like, I'm going to, my, my, my love for this will see us through. But that was not the case. <laughs> <laughs> because it was just it was just so like I, I so I was writing it and I was writing I like so this is when like a really good cellist friend of ours Israel Cello which he, we collaborate with him a lot and his wife was there too who was a very accomplished oboe player and so I was like oh she's she's visiting so I wrote that there's an oboe solo in there that or the sax a soprano saxophone solo that I wrote in there that well that that is in there that I wrote for her that I transcribed and I was like okay she can play this and I'll take care of the bass line and some of the piano chords and then like maybe like Joe and Andrew will just sort of I don't even know what I wrote for you guys actually in that I don't even know what you guys are playing in that I just know that it was like that beginning that intro was like beautiful it was, yeah. that, it all that, it all fell apart when the fast stuff started <laughs> it was like I was like what are we doing are we, why is this so awful <laughs> I think I post I posted our attempt on Twitter. I think we got to the middle of that episode and I'm like, okay, that that's enough guys. <laughs> we, we, we don't have to disgrace this anymore. <laughs> so yeah, RIP <laughs> Forlin Titan, I think that's what's called. Yeah. <laughs> like, we tried. I, I may go back to it. I don't know, because like, I, I still believe in it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was that, that's a good one, Joe. That was that was also kind of horrible. <laughs> So I have a question for both of you, and it might be a little bit redundant considering what we just covered and the answers might be the same, but like, was there a song or songs that you felt like 
you learned the most out of? Oh. Hmm. Okay, Joe, you, you go first. I gotta think. Of yeah, this. I was just like, yeah, it's a bit of a loaded question, but. Learned the most out of. Or like you grew the most in terms of composing or performing any of these songs. I think. Maybe one good example for me was um, Satoru and Marsh because that was the first time I had written for like um, we we played it with like an like an an uh, local community orchestra and that was the first time I had written for not only just like multiple orchestral instruments but also like for people that at different playing levels so like being able to tailor an arrangement to um, the strengths of the different players and and it's the most random instrumentation like oh yeah, like um, I, I wanted to give, <laughs> I wanted to give the spotlight to like we had we had like one brass instrument we had a trombone and I was like he I, like I don't want him to be bored so I gave him like melody for a session <laughs> and so, so like during our tutorial march performance like there's like a random trombone solo for like 16 measures or something and, and they're just like like this is not what uh, comp- uh, an arranger would normally write but i'm just but like kind of having a grasp on like how to write for your particular ensemble that's something new that i had Aww. yeah that's true and you, you did a great job on that arrangement because it sounds so cohesive despite the fact that it was like you know the i, I used to run a community a small community orchestra and then like the one of the pitfalls of community orchestras that you just kind of have to work with what you have so you know like like joe said we had we had maybe four violinists of all varying levels like some of them could really some of them were pretty good like i think one of them was very good and the other three were like not so good and then we had a one clarinet one trombone and maybe one cello and then there were two violas and we may have had a flute sometimes <laughs> and, so, and then there was piano and so so yeah joe did a great job of making that sound very cohesive while giving the spotlight to a lot of the stronger players so yeah that was a that, that's one of my favorite arrangements of yours joe that, that was that really that really turned out well like it was really really good and very playable i don't know for me like i'm trying to think of <laughs> I, I I'm trying to think of the answer to that, and because I and I'm having trouble because because I always learn something new with everything that I write, and um, but I I want to um, gosh, I, you know, <laughs> even though I, I I talked about it like in in sort of negative terms, like I think I I learned the most from right trying to to trans to arrange Gormat. <laughs> from Torna, like the Forland Titan, the jazz, like, because, it, you know, it, I think it was like, it, it, it was just, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think, because I think just because it's so, it's so typical jazz, like, you know, mm-hmm. it wasn't just like, very constant, like it wasn't, there wasn't a constant groove, like, you know, in, in Gar Plains or something, it was, there was, it was always shifting, like, uh, from measure to measure, like, the it was the, the bass line would be doing something totally different, or the piano would be just doing something different, and trying to just capture that all onto, like, you know, with a very limited range was, like, very difficult, and then, um, and, like, with the, uh, and just jazz in general, I'm just not very well-versed in, in that harmonic language, that it was, like, I, I, le- I did a lot of research to try to make it work, even though I, I ultimately failed in the oh. end. But it was it was a it was a good learning experience for me just to be like okay, you know I, at least I can take this knowledge and use it to, for, to apply it to a future <laughs> something or another. But I think that the other one that comes to mind is Agniratha, and Joe and I joke that 
like Niritha, the day theme is like forever cursed for us. <laughs> We can never, for some reason, we can never ever get a good recording of it. No. Uh, like something, either like something, so, something screws up, or I don't know. I, I don't remember. Like we've tried multiple times that we've always joked that it's just something just catastrophically goes wrong every time <laughs> we try to record Ignirathon. And, yeah, you know. So, so yeah, I think um, that and like, oh, go ahead. Oh, and I think that's also one of the only times that, like, at least I pers- that like I've been. Like, most of the time, we are very strict. Like, we are going to play this in the original key no matter what. And that was one of the, like, <laughs> Agniritha was probably the only instance I can think of where we're like, okay, we're changing the key because we, we're, not, we're not playing in six flats right now when we can't get this right. <laughs> like, and, and, I did no wait wait wait, wait. Did, we didn't change the key. I don't think we, like we, I we probably did. would have strongly objected. We did. I would have. I feel like I would have strongly objected to that. Oh, no, no, we, we I, did I because probably... um because like I I think when we when we sight read it like you could feel like the the nervous energy like radiating off of the screen because <laughs> like it, it, okay. it feels really Got awkward it. to play. <laughs> yes, yeah, flats. Yeah, flats are very like lots of flats are very, are that's like murder for strings. It's great for pianos. Like pianos love flats. <laughs> like strings are like to play in sharps and not flats. <laughs> So, so yeah, okay, yeah, no, I think you remember, you're, yeah, you're right, you're right, I remember that now. Yeah, that was, uh, that, that one went through, like, the most revisions, too, because, like, every, like, I play it, we play, we play it through, and then I would see, I would, I wouldn't like something about, like, the piano part or some, somewhere or some other part, and just rewrite the whole thing, okay, play it again, and then I would hate it, and then we, I'd rewrite the whole thing, and even to the, I think I may, may have rewritten the piano part for that, like, maybe four or five times, and I still don't really like it <laughs> to this day <laughs> so it's like you know i don't know if it's just like me like being used to just not being satisfied with ignoratha that's just become a way of life <laughs> or just like um it's just not where it'll never be where i want it <laughs> i guess so so yeah at the same time i feel like whatever we make something or it like we're always the the biggest critic of ourselves. <laughs> yes, true. that's true. Yeah. We are our worst enemies. That's very true. That's a good point. Yes. <laughs> like honestly, I'm the same with Carl. So I'm always like, no, this this doesn't look good. <laughs> but then like oh, people tell yeah. me like, oh, it looks so good. I'm like, okay, maybe it looks good in the end. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's really true because at every certain every, when you finish one part of your cosplay, you're there's you see you see all the flaws because you're so used to seeing it yeah. and yeah. you know where oh to God, look yes. and you're like ah. But then like you know we always tell ourselves okay just just move on to the next piece and then once it all comes together you won't even notice those small things. And, <laughs> exactly. You know and and that's kind of and, and like you know it's almost like and there's a saying amongst like Trinity Blood cosplayers that you never really finish a Trinity Blood oh cosplay. God. It's just in different hits. it's just in different states. Yeah, it's in different states of wearable. It's like, <laughs> You know, it's just, that's all. <laughs> so... I've not watched this series, but I've seen the the costumes and yeah. like props oh to the people gosh. who made those yeah. costumes. Oh my! Oh, um, yeah, they're they're doing God's work, <laughs> like Trinity Blonde cosplays. So yeah, they, you know, you never really finish it. <laughs> like... <laughs> but yeah, just I understand the feelings. <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's definitely one of those ones where I'm like, it's not, it's never going to be quite finished for me. <laughs> well, let's see. Um, I mean, just speaking of like things unfinished, um, are there any like songs from the series that you'd like to like maybe that you haven't covered that you'd like to go, like give a try one day? Oh uh, well, definitely we are we are going to do a Xenoblade album. We are. Yes. <laughs> I, I swear we are. Yes. <laughs> 
<laughs> I know we like we're we did Xenogears Xeno Saga. We're we're definitely gonna do Xenoblade one and Xenoblade two, hopefully. Nice. <laughs> well, no, when, when I say hopefully, when I say hopefully, it's because that that's depending if Xeno Saga, if sorry, Xenoblade one, if that if that soundtrack gets gets a release because you know licensing issues and all that. Yeah. So um yeah that's so cro- fingers crossed that the definitive edition will will help with that. Mm-hmm. But um let's for me it's um. Paths may never cross from Torna, which I, I know I'm gonna I'm probably mixing it up with the title of that one track from from Fire Emblem Three Houses, <laughs> but it's a it's like basically that remix of the Power of Jin, and which is it's a it sounds like a piano con- but in Torna the Torna Torna DLC it sounds like a piano concerto and in fact Mitsuda in the liner notes mm-hmm. actually said he wrote it like a piano concerto and. I like I I absolutely adore it. It's so good. It's so good. But it's like just transcribing that is just so hard. <laughs> and so so I I I think I'm at maybe fifteen percent completion oh. <laughs> on transcribing wow. the power of Jin. Um, but I really I really love that track, and I would love to do that one day. And. The other like one that I would love to do is the battle theme from Torna because oh, yes, oh, my yes. God. I, really I heard, heard try tryouts you did all that it was really good. Oh, thank you so much! Oh, I'm obsessed with that try. I'm so obsessed oh, with same, that. It's just, same. Oh, like I was so doing good. a bunch of battles just because I wanted to hear it over and over yeah. again. Oh my goodness! I know, like you know, just like you know, when you're playing, like maybe on the 15 minutes into the DLC, and like you know, you Laura and Jin get into a fight, and I heard those opening piano chords. I was like. <laughs> what is this like, i'm playing this i don't I, I hadn't even heard the whole thing but i was like I, i'm playing this Plus the, no, the battle system in torna is so like it's oh, it's even faster oh, than like so too it's just like oh it's so oh, good it feels yeah. so satisfying it's exhilarating <laughs> it's exhilarating to play the like the torna battle system oh it's my goodness it's so good like torna is so good that dlc is just so good i love the torna oh. people so much Oh, I know. I would like. I would die for them. They're I would so die for them. <laughs> I love them. I know. I love them all so much. I, I, I liked how even though I, I know like some people like the gotcha elements of like how you know the blade, like you awaken certain, like like you, you can get certain blades in like Xenoblade, like uh, sorry Xenoblade Two, the main game. But just I like how in Torna you were limited in your blades. Like you know you were you only had you had Mithra and you had um you know like everyone had like two their two you know that yeah like they they work with and there was no you, there was no one else you know and because it kept it just felt more streamlined like I, I, for me at least. Like, but yeah. so and you you got yeah. I think also like just the cast of Torda in general was just so great that it's just <laughs> it's I hard know, to be so... attached. To yes. them. <laughs> I know they were just so like lo- like they were such good friends and and Adam was just so charming yeah, and cute. Like, I really love Hugo. He was too. just stuff. Uh, oh yeah, yeah Hugo. Hugo. Oh my goodness, he was so cute. Like everyone was just so pure and wonderful and. You know, and then it's like the end is depression times, and oh my god, oh, no! It's like everyone yeah. took stupid pills at the end. <laughs> oh my goodness, yeah. Joe and I have like they're like Joe was saying the other day. He's like, you know, it's an it's an RPG. You go and seal away the sword together. You don't go your separate ways. And I was like, this is so true. They could have gone to Spirit Crucible Elphis together and sealed away Pyra. There was no need for them to go their separate ways. And you know, yeah, it's just like. So yeah, there was yeah. So I, I mean, I understand why they they had to they had to tie it in with the the plot of the main yeah. game, but still, I was like, <laughs> no, no, don't do it, guys. I was just like, I yeah, that's even more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know it was it was thirty hours and still wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. It was so good. Yes, <laughs> but yeah, those were those are my two probably that I can think of. And Joe, what do you think? <laughs> what about you? Uh, well, 
like we we're actually more or less done with like arranging a Ar- resco but that's like been that's one that i, I really oh, want to do Aresco. from torna yes um, yes we, we played through it like a couple times at magfest just just with like whatever random instrumentation we had but oh think, yeah but i think it, so it would good. be nice to actually just get it recorded and <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah no for sure mm-hmm. For sure, yeah. That yeah, you guys like I I really liked at Magfest. I liked the whatever trio version you guys did with um, cello, viola, and um, oboe or violin. It was just mm. really it sounded really nice, just like in the stripped down sort of trio. Well, good job on arranging that because since, since you arranged, it. oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was fun to arrange because I was like, oh, I don't have to write a million notes like I normally do because it, that was kind of refreshing to arrange. And I, I knew I, I knew we wanted like Zeno music, even though you guys didn't get to play for our big cosplay, our big like you know our Zeno cosplay group because that was the I, the original intention. But still, I was it was ni- it was great that I I. I loved hearing you guys in the hotel room. At least it's like, oh, you guys sound great. Yeah, I think I saw some of the videos, but not all of them because I was at work and it was I had limited time, and then I forgot to go back to it. Oh, uh, it's okay. It's okay. But it, it was the little I heard of it was really good. Yeah, and then I think uh, it was just hilarious that you know you guys actually attempted Zanza, which I like <laughs> Zanza the Divine, which I was like. I wrote it like I arranged it as like okay, ha, because we had a Zanza cosplayer there. And I was like, okay, nice. so we're, they're gonna play. We're gonna play Zanza the Divine for you guys, and I actually and you guys played it and it actually sounded like kind of good, <laughs> like not kind of Sorry. good, actually really good Sorry. because like <laughs> Damien, Damien, and that oboe, <laughs> crazy oboe solo, <laughs> like that, like it was like, it, I mean, it sounded like Zanza, like it really sounded like. It. <laughs> So you guys did like a bang up job on that. Um, if we if we wanted like one or two more examples, I guess uh, like one like two from Xenosaga that I wanted to do at some point was like I'd like to do Godsib from Xenosaga three. Godsib. I, I, I don't entirely know how to how I am going to approach it. So maybe at some point when Ruby gets to episode three, she can help. Oh me. yeah, no, okay. Oh I'm my that that's one that's one that a lot of Xeno Saga fans have asked me to play, yeah. and, and so, so I do recognize the name. I, yes, yeah. I look forward to that whenever yeah, you guys. Yeah, big thing. Yeah, yeah, and the, the other one is a classic. <laughs> it really is. the The other one that uh, Ruby got mad at me for not including was Kokoro from Xeno um, Saga One. Because uh, <laughs> uh, I was trying to, yeah, I mean, because you said it was the same as Shion. <laughs> Well, you, I, was I was trying like, to be no, like really conscious of like uh, of Ruby because she had she hasn't played a lot at that point. She had played none of Xenosaga basically. She was still on the Wuglin day. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and I was just like, Which, I, like I don't want to force you to play like a bunch of like too many songs because I already like you saw at the end like I already had her play like twelve different ones. <laughs> just like I mean, okay, this is uh, just for context here. Like I made Joe record a whole near automata album <laughs> without him not ever playing the oh. game. I was like, oh, just wow. record all of these these seven tracks, <laughs> like learn them all, <laughs> play the game later. <laughs> like so, I don't think I think Joe is more considerate of me, and like I like, like I wouldn't have minded. I'd be like, okay, throw God's to the it's like, it's like... <laughs> but yeah, the automata is also like their music is oh. so good. Oh my goodness! Oh, it's absolutely yeah. insane. That Near. concert, though, 
I wish I could. Oh, did you go? Did you go to that? I did. did you go to that? Oh. And it was amazing. Oh, man. The Chicago one? Were you there with Joe? Yep. Oh, yeah. man. Did you get to read? Did you get to meet Okabe and them? Like, I didn't. Um, okay. I was up there with Nick. And yeah, like, it was such a good show. And oh, everybody man. was insane. Oh, when they did so Kaine, like, everybody went insane. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, that's a beautiful track. That brought oh, so I, beautiful. I, I and, love, like, and, and Emmy, Emmy Evans was there too, right? Yes. Oh, man. Yeah, That's I love so I love being at the concert because well. like I, like I would be in line with like to get merch right, which it was really long, which kind of is annoying. But like you literally just turn around and you, you talk to like a st- complete stranger, and they're, they're like equally like freaking out about the, like the games and like the lore and oh. the music, That's and you're just like. Only oh. if you come to these concerts can you like get this kind of relationship. Yeah, like, oh. everybody there was super passionate. Like, if you just like looked around the theater, you would just see like everybody is just in tears. Oh just, like, man, absolutely absorbed and just in awe. That's adorable. That's the best, honestly. Yeah. Like the passion, like all in one, all that, the love, all in one place. I mean, I hear the Kingdom Hearts concerts were like that too, like just lots of crying and you know, lots of love. And yeah, you know, it reminds me just... a bit uh, the first time that the Zelda concerts came to Montreal, and like everyone was just like, Aww. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> the Zelda is... concerts are good. The Zelda like, concerts are really good. Oh yeah, yeah. Same thing the question, goddesses. Like, when can Mitsura come over here? Oh please. my gosh. Oh, oh, so like, Somebody get that man over here. Yeah. Yes, please. Yeah, please. Magfest was like asking for like guest suggestions. And I was like, Mitsuda, please. Mitsuda. <laughs> yeah. yes. I know. Like, like, what are they? They're sleeping on Mitsuda. Or it could be like that. Maybe Mitsuda doesn't want to come here. I don't know. Like, like when Saki, when, when Onikon had Sakimoto here, I was like, oh my gosh, I paid for a badge, even though I only went Sunday, drove an hour. <laughs> like was like, I will meet this man. <laughs> yes. But all my like Final Fantasy tactics swag, had <laughs> him sign it all. <laughs> but it could be also that Mitsuda is very busy, so mm. maybe it just yeah, the true. dates don't always oh, work yeah. out, yeah. depending. Yeah, I'm hoping. Yeah, I'm hoping that with the Xenosaga 20th anniversary coming up in a few years, that maybe we'll get a Xenosaga concert. But uh... oh my I gosh, that would be so cool. <laughs> the only sad part is that you have Mitsuda compose the first Zell Saga, which the- which is, like it gives you more chance to have like orchestra of that, but I feel like Yuki doesn't do nearly as many performances sometimes. I don't know, it could be like it'd be cool to see like if they both did a sort a of like together? thing both both together. Oh my, God. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yuki Hydra and Mitsuda. That would wow. yeah, that would like, actually give kill me the me. VIP package for them. <laughs> yeah, I, I would <laughs> Japan for that. God. That's and I would I would try all of my soul in the room. <laughs> oh. oh my god. And a crazy part is they could have it in like one city and it would still sell out. Everybody would go uh, yeah. there. Oh my gosh, I, I can imagine every, like, Xenosaga fan in North America would, would come. It wouldn't right. matter where I it was. I absolutely like, would, so. Yes. <laughs> I'm in Canada, and I would go to the U.S. for it. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It's funny, like, um, like Joe, like, because when I, I mentioned 
Xenosaga. Sometimes I'll mention Xenosaga on Twitter, and then suddenly all these random people be like, someone say Xenosaga? Yeah, that's pretty much what we do. It's like, someone invoked the name of Xenosaga here. And, like, and then, like, I was like, Joe, it's like, really, these are your people. It's really cute. And Joe's like, you know, every time, he, he's like, when you do this, it's like, he's like, it's almost like, it's like a bat signal for every Xenosaga fan. <laughs> like, it just comes. comes yeah, well, just, like, hey, we're, we're still in realm. We're just silent. So when some, some attention is given to Xenosaga, we just like come that's and like open fire that's yeah yeah, yeah it's just like yeah. little saga with it like the most despaired <laughs> despaired yeah that, that's what joe yeah that's exactly what joe said it's like we're here we're just quiet and then and then waiting for someone to mention it and it was funny because people that people that followed me for different things would be like xeno saga oh man and then like posting pictures of like collector's editions <laughs> of all three and like like cosmo statues and stuff and i'm like oh my gosh <laughs> like you're such a fan. <laughs> like, I never knew. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. I guess this question might be a little bit broad since the music in each game's kind of, or series is kind of different, but is there any, like, what aspects of the Zeno music composition stand out to you guys? Like, is there any specific things that resonate with you or or not? Hmm. Um, let's see. I think for me, because... Like like you um yeah like you said it's like all all of the composers are different for every game and they all have their own very unique style so um it's it's like um you know they they all so they all they all appeal to me on the basis of just the I can hear the style like the style of the composer and them just because you know like like for like Shimamura's like those lush piano strings writing the main theme of of um, Xenoblade Chronicles, which you hear in her work in like Kingdom Hearts all the time and um, Legend of Mana. And, you know, you hear, like, and it's just, like, and then, you know, then to, you know, Kyoto's like, you know, like I mentioned before, these sparse, very pretty lilting phrases. And then, but then, you know, Kenji Hiramatsu's like really hard hitting jazz fusion, like those jams, like in the battle, the, the torn of battle theme. And then like Ace, you know, is so very, is so talented. They're very diverse in their styles. Like they can, they do do all the metal rock, like, you know, battles, but they're also capable of very, you know, very beautiful, like lyrical medley, me- melodies too. And of course, like Mitsuda is the master of just crafting these gut-wrenching pop ballads for like the ending themes. And, you know, because he just loves using minor ninths and fourth three suspensions for those super emotional scenes. It just kind of draws out like, you know, <laughs> like, like, like what's happening. You're like, oh my gosh this is so good but um like funny but though funny enough like a funny story is like when going back to like ace like being very eclectic you know where you you know every composer you can you can kind of tell who wrote what Mm -hmm. but uh, when 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 joe and i like finished rising writing desolation walking with you um from xenoblade 2 and i was like i finished writing the piano part and i was telling joe man this is so good it's like so classic mitsuda it's so his this these chords, this piano writing. And Joe's like, actually, Ace wrote that. I'm like, no, no, they didn't. No, they didn't. And I looked it up, and it was Ace. And I was like, oh, okay. Guess there goes my credibility. <laughs> but yeah, I'm telling you, like, I I would have put money in Vegas that you know Mitsuda had written Desolation <laughs> because I was like, this is so Mitsuda. <laughs> Thank you. 
Although I have to say, like, um, um, speak of you know, speaking of Matsuda, like, I don't know how much of how much he worked on in Xenoblade Two. Like, I, I know he's credited like as one of the main composers of Xenoblade Two. Yeah. But um, I, I'm not. I besides like Elysium and the Dream and Elysium and the Blue Sky and um, you know and. And maybe like one last you, or I don't know what else he wrote, but I I was not a really big fan of a lot of, or I wasn't it wasn't like I wasn't a big fan of it. Just a lot of it didn't stick with me. Like a lot of the um, the the like the Xenoblade Two um, themes didn't didn't resonate with me as much like as I thought it would when for like you know for Mitsuda's name being on the track on on the overall like soundtrack. And I I don't know why that is. I I, I don't know if it's because maybe he only wrote certain ones and. Maybe he just got top billing because he's just a big name, and someone else wrote the rest. But yeah, I'm I'm not sure because like a lot of it doesn't feel like him. But then again, like I thought Desolation was written by him, so yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure how many questions we have left. Well, uh, Joe, did you have a, an answer for that question? He, he said he'd be right back. Oh, yeah. sorry, he, he left. My bad. Work. No, no, don't worry about it. <laughs> Well, oh. how about this? What are some elements uh, like that you notice in the music that are that they have in common? Like, is there any particular things that you heard in Gears that you also saw in Saga, or things oh. that you saw in Saga that you also saw in Blade? Like, is there any are there any elements in the music that you just like that just stuck out to you? To like, oh yeah, I remember hearing that in in the other game and how it was done oh. over there. Yeah. Oh yeah, okay. Well, you know, Gear is like um, you know, because Gears was all Mitsuda. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, this is like yeah, like when I think of Gears it's like Gears is very classic Mitsuda writing. It's, you know, there and um and I heard like Beyond the Sky was very very Mitsuda. Like, you know, it it was like when like, you know, just certain harmonies like you could tell were like very similar to in small like and the the feel of it and the structure structurally it felt like small of two pieces. And honestly, Pain from Xenosaga 1 feels like that too. Like, you know, there there's like he he has he likes a certain structure in his when he constructs pop ballads and you know, he likes like, you know, he'll and uh, I mean to be fair, most of them have a very similar structure anyway but um but yeah it's like um but something that sticks out to me with like with a small of two pieces and pain is that you know pain has that bit at the end that's got this very extended instrumental mm-hmm. thing um that yeah. i know you guys know yeah. 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 Like, yeah yeah and then like that kind of and then and then that's like the, like um, small of two pieces has a very long instrumental bit like that electric guitar solo that goes on forever like which i love i totally love and then like um but and beyond this uh, i think beyond the sky i i want to say that beyond the sky has what has that too like but not as much but um there's like no, no, sorry. I, I've like I know what I'm thinking about. It's that um, there's a bridge in um, in Beyond the Sky when you know when I'm trying to think of the lyrics she sings during that part, and I'm drawing a blank. But anyways, <laughs> but those those three sections are like struck me as like oh, this is classic. This is classic Matsuda. His writing right here is like you know these he likes doing these long instrumental lines, and mm-hmm. I, I think it's because there's a, there's a modal shift harmonically when um, in those sections that um, you know it's I don't want to get too <laughs> theoretical. <laughs> I'm I'm trying to describe it in a way that's like easy to understand. I'm trying, like, I'm trying not to get into too much like music theory. Honestly, go and bore everybody. (laughs) 
It's okay. It's, I'll feel like such a nerd. Like, no, like, like, like honestly, uh, go for it. This is your show. Like, <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> everyone and everyone tunes out at this moment. No, it's okay. It's, like you know, it's a. Uh, but yeah, I, I think like there's a there, there was that, that those three um, release. Uh, oh yeah, and then um, moment of eternity in the Torna DLC, which is the ending theme for the Torna DLC, which just slays me every time. Like he, once again, there's this like extended guitar solo <laughs> in that one too. Yeah, I think Matsuda's um, main instrument is guitar. So he's got a lot of, he leans, he likes using guitar a lot. Yeah. Like there's a lot of, you know, he'll, he'll like either electric guitar or there's like finger picky guitar mm-hmm. or so, you know, it was, so yeah, it'll always be some piano intro thing and then kind of build up into some big guitar moment <laughs> and then you know some modal shift in the middle and so yeah that's yeah that, that's a which, for Mitsuda like that's that's kind of a common thing with him yeah which has translated and, um, I don't um oh you're back oh, yes. yes like okay. which has translated into a lot of viola playing random guitar songs <laughs> 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 which was the best oh my gosh oh my gosh yes joe had to do the guitar the electric guitar solo in small of two pieces and then i think you had to play it in like pain and then you had to you had to play it i think moment of eternity which we will record it's like really funny it's very <laughs> like, you know, i was like once again joe you're doing the guitar solo <laughs> That's very impressive. <laughs> yeah, it's great. He, Joe is such a great sport. He, and he does it, such a great job on it. It sounds so good. It really does sound so good. I've lost track. <laughs> is it um what aspects of what aspects of the Zeno composition? Yeah, yeah, that um was there something uh Joe for you that um like the music of like Zeno Gears and Osaka Zeno Blade that that like the aspects of it that really resonated with you or stand out to you or yeah. Yeah, so I so I am not like even though like I am classically trained, I am not like I didn't go to school for music, so I mm-hmm. can't speak on like theory and composition like Ruby can. So I think I'm a lot closer to like like how you guys are in that like I have like an emotional attachment to like certain like pieces that play during different times in the in the um in the games. So mm-hmm. th- that's a lot of how what attracts me. Um, if we're speaking in a more broad sense, I am a little bit of a sucker for like specific instrumentation. So like if I hear 
like a really pretty <laughs> string solo or if i hear like really pretty woodwinds which um then i will like fall head over heels for <laughs> for um those particular tracks which uh i guess it's kind of random like i don't know why i like woodwinds so much but like especially if you like just put a nice oboe part into it then i'll i'll probably like fall over for that uh, <laughs> i think joe's joe's love for woodwinds is actually really cute i mean he bought an alto recorder and like just to mess around with it and ended up using it on small two pieces uh-huh. nice. it was great it was perfect it was perfect and i i want to say did you use it on um um one who bears fangs at god was, I, I or was that something the else for that Oh yeah, the melodica. Okay, yeah, that, that yeah, that was that was a good choice too. <laughs> because I don't know if we went in order or we, not. We, 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 we kind of jumped around, um, which <laughs> yeah, is fine. Yeah, and that's, that's oh, perfectly yeah. fine. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess we're getting close to like the two-hour mark, so I guess maybe we can start wrapping things up. Sure. Yeah. Uh, All right. There was one question, though, that was not music-related, but it was uh, their favorite little characters, or like from Lee's uh... favorite to favorite, but that, that might be a bit hard, too. That's... That could, oh, could be okay. man. when so much of the cast is so good. Oh god. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. That is so. That's so true. I mean, well, what's uh, a we character could... that just jumps at you? Okay. All right. Just right now, you okay. think of a character who comes at you. Okay. Least favorite or, or most favorite? Mm-hmm. Or both? Okay. All right. Least favorite. <laughs> Choo Choo from Xenogears. I will not take any criticism. I'm sorry, Choo Choo stands. They're coming for you now. Pink, lovey. I know they will. Yeah, I know they're, they're, gonna, they're knocking on my door. Be careful. <laughs> I mean, it was just... I, oh my goodness. <laughs> I, can't, I can't even begin. Okay, well, but yeah, we're keeping this short. Okay, so um, most favorite, that's... Okay, I, I would have to say it's Jin from Xenoblade 2, oh. followed by Bart Fatima from Xenogears. <laughs> Very closely followed. But yeah, because Jin, like, Jin in Xeno 2 is just. I fell in love with him from yeah. the get go because he, he is hot. He's, He's very hot. I'm sorry. And then I, I called up my friend, my friend that I usually cosplay with. I'm like, you are going to be him. I am make. We are making this. <laughs> <laughs> like you have no choice in the matter. <laughs> like, so yes, I, I made him cosplay Jin. Yeah. So it was great. It was. I was like, I love this. And so so yeah, because his struggle, like he's he, it's got he's his struggle is so fascinating. And yet it's like, 
you know, like where he ends, he ends up being the villain, but then in Torna, he's just so, so lovely and pure and beautiful. Oh, yes. <laughs> just, I was so, like, you know, yes. I'm like, you're such a good person. <laughs> what happened? But, you know, when you think of like, whatever, 5,000 years of loneliness and despair, and it's like, he had a, just such a hard choice to make in a very split second. In this split second, it's almost like he, he was damned if he didn't and he damned if he did. And so, you know, it's like, it's almost like the way he ended, you, when you see all that kind of unfolding and seeing how he ended up, how he ended up at the end of like Xeno 2, it's just, it makes sense. Everything makes sense. And I'm like, well, you know, anyone in his position, I, it would have been really difficult for anyone in his position to cope. Like, you know, so I think his struggle is very, it's a very beautiful one and encapsulates like the the plot of Xeno 2 really well. In fact, like in many ways, I think that he's kind of the central figure of Xeno 2. Like a lot of the events are 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 surround him are precipitated mm -hmm. by him yeah you know so it he to me feels like the main character of xeno 2 not really rex so much huh. yeah well rex develops in other ways but i think they both right. move the plot together in a way but still jin, yeah jin yeah. is very handsome and like i love him from the start <laughs> just for that <laughs> yeah jin's, jin's pretty neat and i always like when games kind of like let you see the story from the other perspective mm -hmm. too. Yeah. yeah, like I, I was, I always wish more games let you do that. Like, um, bit of a spoiler for a very obscure RPG, but there's a game called Live Alive, which anybody who knows me knows I love that game, and I will shill it <laughs> to the to my freaking last breath. Live Alive is awesome, and what's cool about that game is once you like get to the end, you actually get to play the story from the villain's perspective. And learn why he became how he is and why the oh, game is structured wow. the way it is. That sounds awesome. That's really it's, interesting. It, yeah, it's like really insane. And like it, it even gets to a point where you have the option of playing as the villain and actually killing each of the protagonists. Oh, gosh. oh, oh my, my goodness. goodness. <laughs> and wow, that, that, that leads to another ending. Yeah, it's that game is wild. Play it. Wow. <laughs> I'm gonna have to check that out. That's really fascinating. So it does yeah, I always like when games let you do that when you get to see mm -hmm. from the other perspective, and I and I thought that was pretty neat how in Torna you kind of got to do that mm -hmm. too. You get to yeah. see it, get to see the story from Jin's mm -hmm. perspective. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a really good point. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, yeah, it really made you sympathize. Like just, ma it just made you really just love him so much mm -hmm. more. <laughs> like you know, like oh my gosh. Yeah. So who's your uh, least favorite and favorite, Joe? Oh, um, before I get to that, I wanted to insert uh, a funny thing about. Um, uh, Ruby mentioning Choo Choo was that uh, on our album covers we usually have like a cute creature like if you like historically look back at the different covers yeah. um, so when we got to Gears I had proposed Choo Choo because I was like we need some kind of cr cute creature on the cover and I was met with very uh, furious uh, disapproval hostility <laughs> yeah. yeah she was like we're not doing Choo Choo and then um when I and like at first she was she was like okay well like if if we need if we have to then we can but then when I went to the artist who did the art she was also like I hate Choo Choo <laughs> <laughs> I was like okay if this is gonna trigger Gears fans then let's just not use Choo Choo <laughs> I think I like her only in the perspective that it's a fluffy animal but like personality wise I'm like um <laughs> yeah yeah but I still I still would like to to make. Uh, or try to make a plush of Choo Choo to go with my Margie cosplay. 
Oh my gosh. Okay, that would be really cute. That would be so cute. I love your Margie. I love your Margie. Yes, I'm, I'm working oh, on getting more motivation to continue oh. the hat. It's just like this cosplay oh. is pay- painful. It, uh, yes, it's not. Xeno cosplays are just painful. I'll be honest, the cape is a whole mess of like weird attachment because I, I went like through. Like I redesigned the patterning of that thing a couple of times, oh, and then it was yeah. like trying an attachment. Yeah. It's not working. Go yes. to it the other way, and like it's it's fashion weirdly under, but whatever. <laughs> oh yeah, no cape attachments are the word, the absolute because most of the time, like the the attachments are invisible, and that's not the way it works in real life. <laughs> but that one especially like, oh, made no sense. <laughs> Yes, yes, I I feel you. <laughs> right? yeah. like, like, try, like trying to rig Jin's outfit together was <laughs> was heinous. It was so awful because it's like he's got this half skirt and then there's no way there's no way where it attaches anywhere. And so we had to just yeah. Kind of my friend wants we, there was like safety pins. My friend wants to do it and like <laughs> supposed to help with the skirt, but at the same time I'm like, how the crap does it attach to the oh, armor? Yeah, I, just like, yeah, what? <laughs> Oh yeah, attachments are the worst. They're Very much so. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, Joey, I guess you can go on with your uh, characters. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so I guess for least favorite, like I don't really hate any, actively hate any characters because like I feel like there's so much development with Xeno characters that it's hard to like hate them. I think mm-hmm. from a creepy perspective. Like, um, Amalthus from Blade 2 was kind of creepy during the boss fight oh God, that yeah. you have against him with the, the tentacles. I, I So if, I guess that would be an answer for a dislike, just because I got kind of creeped out when I was fighting that boss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Another valid answer um, would yeah. be Cherenkov's wife, because she, no one could like her. <laughs> yeah. 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 She's the true villain. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, and then I guess favorite character, I'm a little basic, and uh, I I think my favorite Xeno character has always been Momo from Xenosaga. Very valid. Oh, Joe. This is one that's really cute. Okay. Like, like when, I, when I was playing Xenosaga, I'm like, I'm like, okay, I hate using magic users, period, in, in any RPG. I'm all about melee attacks Hell and yeah. stuff. So all the magic users get benched. Yes. <laughs> and so then Joe's all like, but Momo. I'm like, Momo's on the bench. Momo's not coming <laughs> oh. out of reserve. Like, I'm sorry. She's such, she's a glass, she's just, she might be a glass cannon, but she just can't take wait, a hit. Wait, I'm sorry. Wait until she gets behind Ziggy forever. I know. Okay, so that's what Joe said. Joe said she gets so good, especially in Xenosaga 2. He's like, Momo is OP. Yeah. Yeah, she's the best character in that. Yeah, yeah, that's what Joe said. Okay. (laughs) And he was like, hold over. I was like, okay. I was like, I believe you, but I'm sorry, Xeno. Xenosaga (laughs) 1. I was like, I never, ever use Momo. (laughs) So, yeah. So then Joe Joe was always like, but Momo could take care of this so easily for you. (laughs) I'm like, it was too late for that. I really use so my, her, but my, yeah. yeah. I really yeah, no, use ahead, her, but mostly because I have like my my three bias, which are like Cosmos, Chaos, and Junior. <laughs> oh yeah, you know. <laughs> I use um, yeah. Okay, I like 
I I didn't like okay so Junior who I called Billy for the longest time but he's Billy <laughs> and like he was he didn't get good for me until I got that one attack of his that was like he flips that coin in the air oh yeah yeah the, that. That, yeah that's really good I was like okay okay I was like I okay Billy's good I mean Junior <laughs> like, he's, like, he's good and then, uh, and then like chaos I didn't appreciate until like against gnosis he's like really good yeah. oh yeah i was like okay okay you're back in you're back in but like i love ziggy i'm sorry he's the best dad Ooh, yes, best dad yes. ever I, I even though he's so slow and so bad in so many like so many battles i i believe in ziggy As you should. <laughs> I will we we all believe like, in ziggy you. here we're all fans of you. best dad i love oh, yes. him I love it, like, and his sto- his backstory is most fascinating to me. It's like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, he he had a family, he had loved ones, and he's like a cyborg. And like, I was like, I I I read it, it just resonates with me. I'm just like, oh yeah, he's a family man. His story is <laughs> like, really good. It's really really oh, good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's why I I keep him in. I was like, he deserves it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't see what takes E from time to time. Like if I got against like enemies that were banging a bit too strongly, I would be like, "Yeah, Junior, you should maybe go to the back because uh, you're taking the hits a bit too hard." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, aside from that, my main team was the tree I mentioned. <laughs> hey, this is they. They're all really yes. good. They're like every every character is good. Yes, they are. No, I mean, nah. I mean, I'm sure Momo is good. I just will never oh. experience it. <laughs> she, she has but yeah, but Billy. <laughs> but I adore Momo she, though. She's so yeah, cute. Her, her transformations were <laughs> adorable. She is really cute. Yeah. <laughs> Billy is a great character. I'm sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Forgive me. I'm a junior. He's such a good character he too. He's got like, you know, he's got a really good, interesting like relationship with I guess his old his brother is that his brother or like some like you know the, like, I guess it's his older brother. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's his bro. <laughs> okay, so so yeah, because which I'm like, okay, well how come he's so young and like oh so yeah, I am like there's there's something there. There's something there's something there that probably yeah. be revealed later. And, yeah, you know, so there's yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially so, yeah. I think that stuff is mostly starting to be more mentioned in Saga 2, but I, I don't remember if there was some detail in Saga 1. Like, sometimes I mix up the details of when they get exposed oh, where. Right. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Especially, like, Zeno Saga is, is so much of, like, we show a little prologue and, like, one of, like, a little of everything, and then in Saga 2, we expose uh-huh. a bit yeah. more of the URTV and other things. And then Zeno Saga 3, we're like, we're shooting all the answers in your face. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, here it comes. So, yeah, pretty much. Oh man, I need to. I need to finish <laughs> those games. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's like it's kind of exciting too because our friend Nick, who was our albedo, he's actually playing the oh. Saga series right now, and he's he's in Xeno Saga Tree now, and we're just like so excited. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I need to catch up. Yeah. Oh wow. Oh yeah, I really He's do need to loving it too. Oh really? Oh man. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now I'm like, I, I now, now, talking to you, like, hear you guys talk about. It, I'm like, okay, okay. I, I need it. I need it. <laughs> <laughs> like, like you guys just just drag me through the song of Nephilim and just get me yeah. past that. 
<laughs> we'll, we'll help you. We'll we'll cheer yes, for you in the game room. I will, you yes, I will. I will definitely be like, okay, I'm firing it up, getting on Discord. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> help me out, guys. Get me through this. <laughs> We're in this together. <laughs> yes, I will. Yes, <laughs> thank you. All right. Yes, we will. We will kill God. <laughs> <laughs> yes, like in every Xeno game ever. It's just that's the end goal. <laughs> yeah. So, is there any like last last minute or last questions anybody wants to ask before we wrap up? Um, did we miss any of them? I don't think so. Um. Well, there was one. Uh, I don't remember who posted this question, but did you? Uh, didn't, uh, I don't know if this is accurate or not, but did you guys get acknowledged by Yasunori Mitsuda once, or what? What? What's up with that? <laughs> so, um, I think it was. Um, so the other cell, the cellist that I play uh, that I play with, I think Mitsuda acknowledged our cover of uh, Final Fantasy Fifteen, like the episode oh. Ignis that we did, oh, awesome. and so and so yeah, which was cool. Which was cool. That was definitely like a the the big like screaming over chat like retweeting moment like you know we were screaming and then but and akabe acknowledged our existence oh. <laughs> like by liking our tweet of the one that like i think near like the voice of no return that that joe did like you know i think that that's that maybe what may be what you're oh. thinking of and but um but still like it is it, it's really cool that you know it's really cool that you know on twitter and like in this day and age it's like very easy it's well, not mm -hmm. easy to but you know you have a you have a potential direct link to these your idols, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, your your heroes, you know that, that maybe they, they might notice you. They might, like, you noticed. know, there's a chance. Yeah, and yes, exactly. Yes, anyway, um, just so yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, and that, that's just really cool about Twitter, like more than any other platform, like you know, to get acknowledgement there. Um, so yeah, <laughs> but yeah, that was yeah, that was definitely like you know, as one would ex you know, as anyone would probably be just like lots of screen. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime that happens. It's like if one of the creator sorry, go ahead. Oh, we literally screenshot and like use Facebook messengers like, did you see that? <laughs> yeah, oh yes, no, it, it is immediately screenshotted. <laughs> like when it's like Keichi Okabe liked this tweet. Like, Joe! <laughs> oh my gosh! We've been blessed <laughs> by a like on Twitter. It's amazing, but like, yeah. it's like for me, like if I made a cosplay, like one of the creator with of those games would just like like my cosplay and be probably die in the corner. <laughs> oh my gosh! I know, like um, like there's one time, like when I I cosplayed like the mom from Kubo and the Two Strings, like way like maybe two or two years ago. Like I don't know if you've seen that yeah. movie. Yes, um, I but, did. It's so good. But yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I co I cosplayed the mom, and then like I we were we just happened to be at in San Diego during San Diego Comic-Con but we were not at in, San Diego, in in SDCC but they were doing but um the they were they were putting on like a you know Kubo ex exhibit like you know in the gas lamp district and I was like telling my husband I was like oh let's let's go to that like you know just to see the puppets like you know with the puppets they use in the movie and then we went in and then like we actually the, the creators some of the creators were there and I went up to one of them and was like 
hi I like you know because he had a name tag on and I was like did you where are you one of the anime were you one of the puppeteers or the designers in the movie he's like yeah I was I'm the executive like character designer and I was like oh I I cosplayed the like this the Stereotu the mom and and I I pulled up my phone and I showed him the pictures and he like freaked oh. out he was like oh my gosh oh my gosh and that was actually kind of cool because he's like he's like I'm gonna he's like send me these pictures and I will email them to the the, the woman who actually made the puppet like she would oh, love to wow. see this and, Nice. So that was like That's that was amazing. really cool. Like I got a picture with him, and yeah, that was really cool. Like I got a picture with him and everything, and my husband was like, "Wow, that's actually really cool." That is. <laughs> so that that was yeah that that was that that I think like you know the creator like they they like seeing cosplays of their stuff, so it never hurts to tweet your cosplays to oh, yeah. pictures to someone. You should Always you should do that. The actors, <laughs> yeah, creators, like, like hello, yes. my Instagram post, please. <laughs> yes you totally you, you totally should i mean you know like you know you, you never know like who oh, might yeah. see it. it so yeah all right well yeah i guess we're good to wrap things up thank you very much for joining us tonight i i, re- I was really excited about this episode so thank you yeah me too oh. same Oh no! It was so great to be here, and l- thank you for letting me ramble about like you know, the best. Like... I love enthusiasm. Okay. Like I said, no, you guys are you guys are really great. No, you guys are really awesome. It's like now I feel all pumped to play Zeno yes. Saga. Yeah. <laughs> like, I really yes. know. I'm like, like wow, like you're, you're mission accomplished, everybody. <laughs> yeah, I know that your love, your love is infectious. Like I'm like, oh wow, I'm missing out on Zeno Saga. All right, so um. <laughs> for our closing we kind of go around and if there's any like social media or projects you want to share we're gonna we just basically do that so i guess starting off with you two i know a lot of your music is on spotify but uh is there anything like anywhere people can find you and your music online go for it joe uh yeah well i'm pretty much anime vv everywhere except instagram so if you accidentally go to instagram (laughs) you might find something else (laughs) (laughs) Like, there's been many a time that Ruby has tagged this random other person on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, on Twitter, YouTube, uh, and on Spotify and all that. So, yeah. I am also on Spotify. And, well, I'm, I'm Purple Shala pretty much everywhere um, on Spotify and Instagram. Well, Instagram is all the cosplay stuff and Twitter and um, YouTube and yeah, then that's that's where you can find me. And current projects are just Final Fantasy, a bunch of Final Fantasy tactics in Castlevania. Okay, <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right, and then because you've also you said you've covered Near Automata, and then you've also is it Fire Emblem Three Houses you've covered as well? Oh yes, uh, yes. <laughs> Yeah, I see all yes. of those Fire Emblem like music yeah. popping up, and I'm just like, I did not play yet. I cannot click on them. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, that, that's 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 all. The, the, since we since the yesterday's big release yeah. of Apex of the World, that's all wrapped up. No more Fire Emblem Three Houses. <laughs> so, you, know, like, you don't have to Aww. deal with that anymore for me. Oh no, no, <laughs> like, it's, it's no trouble. It's just I'm kind of behind, yeah. like the like. Like everyone is oh, has yeah. been hyped for on this for months, and I'm just like, I was on Dragon Quest, so I cannot do both at the same time. It, no, it's fine. It's totally fine. That's valid. That's so valid. So no, it's totally fine. Like it'll always be there. Wait, like Fire Emblem will still be there. Yeah, 
No, I'll soon so, start yeah. it. As soon as I'm done with Dragon Quest, I'm starting it. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Yeah, really, there's Same. no rush. All right. Uh, there's no right, rush. Then, uh, Mary, uh, would you like to share anything? Um, I don't have much because most of the cons are canceled or post- postponed mm. or like in geo parties. I'm just like, I don't know what I'm going to be doing, but I guess I'll probably craft and play video games for the next few months. <laughs> yeah, that's all of us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, it just sucks because there was so many cons this year. Like I had more cons than yeah. usual this year and everything is just poof, <laughs> bye. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I went to Casacon though. Yes. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm I would so have suffered even more. That. that was like our last hurrah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, if there was any con I went to just for 2020, I'm glad it was Magfest. <laughs> I was like, yeah. this, was a, this was a good con to just go to. <laughs> like, the only one this oh. year. All right, Tara, what, uh, is there anything you'd like to share? Um, Kind of in the same boat as everybody else. Um, con plans are getting changed or canceled. Um, Otherwise, not really. I'm still slowly posting a lot of cosplay stuff on my Instagram from Katsukon of the Xenosaga meetup, so oh, I'll yes. probably keep doing that. Yay. I still need to go through the pictures okay, and continue I, to go into the... I need to I need to get your Instagram info and everything because I just... I will hit you more. up right I don't, after I have not seen recording. enough. <laughs> please, please, please. All right. Um, Justin. So I just had a Shenmue 3 review go up. Uh, the other day, nice. that was a good so check review. Check that out. Um, I had a Wait, lot where, where, to say about where is that, that review. Where, where is it? Where's the review? I want to hear. I That's on uh, Operation Rainfall. Uh, okay. Oh, so, yeah, I had a lot to say about that game. So go ahead and check that out. I definitely will. Um, I'm also going to be working on some other projects. I've got a Zeno project coming up. I'm not quite yet ready to reveal it, but it is Ooh. going to be pretty nice. sweet. Nice. So nice. yeah, that'll. I can't wait to reveal that because that's going to be pretty cool. Uh, otherwise, yeah, I'm kind of just stuck at home, keeping clean, washing my hands. Good. <laughs> not going outside, not Good. touching anybody. Good. Um, but yeah, otherwise I'm just going to be playing some video games, catching up some of that. Hopefully work on some cosplay stuff uh, real soon too. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I'm doing right now. All right. I guess uh, one other thing I can kind of reveal. I don't know mm-hmm. when this is going to go out, but I am going to be on Retro Roulette a lot more once this quarantine is over. Mm. <laughs> oh. I know I've been on there a couple times already, but yeah, essentially I'm going to be doing some more stuff with them down the line. Awesome. So yeah, you'll be seeing me cool. a little bit more on their channel. That's cool. That's cool. Alright. Um, well, um, I'm kind of on a similar boat. I don't have much going on. I'm also well kind of working on a xenosaga related thing for rpg fan but that probably oh, cool. hasn't that probably oh, that's so cool yet, yeah um and then other than that i'm just playing video games and hoping my work will close down for the quarantine but we'll, we'll see um all right um so that was the end of our episode thanks again for our special guests and for uh, recurring guests for joining oh, us you. tonight. Really appreciate everyone for being here. Um, yeah, thank you for having awesome. us. Yes. Yeah, and if you ever want to come back, please feel free to do so. Um, yes, please. Oh. <laughs> That's so sweet of you guys. You guys are so fun to talk to. Yes. Um, as far as like uh, future episodes, because, okay. Um, 
gonna ha- should have have our Katsukan wrap up episode up before this episode. I'm almost done editing that. Um, I yeah, that one was wild too. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> um, and then uh, in I, April, I know that uh, Justin, you want to do that uh, Zeno Cafe episode. Oh yes, the the let's make a Zeno yes, pop up cafe. That sounds fun. Oh that sounds gosh, so yeah. cute. It's gonna that? be really fun. Yeah, and then I don't know what else we got on the. Well, actually, no. Next weekend we are rec- going to be recording with the the guys from Retrograde Amnesia, um, to just dis- discuss. Oh my yes. gosh, I love them. Uh, <laughs> I absolutely love. love yes, their them. podcast is amazing. Okay. I love it. Uh, <laughs> I just started listening to them, and I'm just I love totally love like yeah yes. <laughs> so best. I'm looking forward to recording with them. We're going to be discussing Satan from Xenogears and oh, my favorite. <laughs> yeah, it'll be great. Um, and beyond that, I know yes. uh, we'd have to look at our schedule, but we don't have really too much beyond that. I know we want to have a Cosmos related episode like in May. Because that's around when her new figure drops, and that would be perfect timing. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and we should probably record it before that. Well, though, yeah. Just so we, to give you time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Since I take and keep our fingers crossed that it doesn't God, get delayed. Yeah, I hope. I hope no. that doesn't happen. It might, though. But yeah. Uh, but anyway, I, that's all I can think of at the moment that we have like one hundred percent confirmed. Um, so yeah, thanks again for uh, everyone for joining us tonight, um, but, as well as the listeners for listening. So thank you and have a good night. See you next Thank time, you. Guys. Bye. See ya. Until next time, Zeno fam. Bye.